Here we are with Star Trek Intergalactic Season 1, Episode 2, Time and Again. I am Devin, the storyteller-ish, and to my left we have X playing Y. Nicole playing Torella Kadar. Peter Astanax Quick. Ian as Rinix. Alright gang, it is December 2017, and we have quite a show ahead of us today. So, uh, let's recap last week on Star Trek Voyager. What happened? We ran into some temporal singularity anomaly, and then we figured out how to get out of it by blowing Neelix's ship up. Oh my god, we did do that, didn't we? Yep. yep. And it drained the a lot Jim of Christ power. out of it. Yep. Drained a lot of our power, and now the captain has to have dinner with Neelix every month. Yep. Which is actually the worst part of this. Like, not the fact that we're dying in space, but the fact that poor Kevin has to have dinner with Neelix once a month. Maybe once a week. Once a minute. An entire dinner. He's just throwing up constantly inside. He's like, you have to eat all the dinner! Like in Matilda with the chocolate cake. Devin, just stop talking about gross food stuff, please. I just ate. So... Oh man, this action music for Star Trek Online is too much. Let's go to Eve. Uh, Ambient music to let you forget that you're playing a game that costs a lot of money. And you're basically just clicking buttons. <laughs> spreadsheets Online. I didn't want to say it because you like Eve, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do like the spreadsheet part. <laughs> I did program my own spreadsheet for the game. God damn it, Peter! <laughs> you fucking robot! <laughs> I mean, what do you expect from Eve players? <laughs> You're like the Chakotay of our group. <laughs> I love boring things. <laughs> uh, uh. Okay, so this episode is Time and Again. The camera pans across the vast emptiness of space to a planet. The planet is dead and barren and gray and covered in clouds. Um, the camera zooms in past blown-up satellites, and as it's going in, you see other planets in the system that have been cracked in half and blown apart, and like <laughs> their debris is like all over the place, and it looks Jeez. like a nightmare. Um, zoom into the planet's surface. There are three shuttlecraft, the Voyager-type shuttlecrafts, because we have a proper budget for them, and we're not going to use the old DS9 ones. <laughs> One of them is called the Cochrane. No, you guys ruined the Cochrane last episode, so none of them are the Cochrane. <laughs> Uh, and your characters are on the planet's surface, uh, with your tricorders out, scanning a time hole. A hole in time. The planet's surface is a Earth-like, San Francisco-looking, uh, city that's been hit by some sort of nuclear devastation. There's debris everywhere. Let me die. <laughs> uh, ruined statues, uh, wheelchairs everywhere, because it's a post-apoc scenario. Uh, one wheel still spinning. Yeah, one wheel still spinning, the dead wind. <laughs> uh, skyscrapers that are that look like the San Francisco skyline that are broken, and mountains that I assume exist in America are there. <laughs> <laughs> There's a giant crater uh, on the horizon that used to be something important, probably the epicenter of this disaster. Meant to evoke the reader's curiosity, the viewer's curiosity. Um, the background for this episode is that Voyager. This takes place directly after Parallax, 
you guys have a bunch of crap wrong with Voyager now because you had to get out of the other time hole, the black hole. Um, and instead of hauling Voyager to every little fucking planet that could have the materials you need to refuel, you instead sent out your shuttle crafts. And the shuttle crafts, you know, move a lot less, a lot faster, with a lot less resources. Yep. So Voyager's going to major trade hubs. You sent out your shuttle craft. You guys are the B team and some A team members. And you found this planet. Uh, your shuttle crafts were hit by a shockwave. Uh, 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 episode shockwave hit it. And you were like, holy shit, an episode's over here. <laughs> but the reason you were heading in this direction was because Neelix told you that... Uh, someone he knew told him that there was a planet nearby that had uh, matter, antimatter components and fuel, but they weren't warp capable. And your captain's like, we should check to see if they're warp capable so we can trade. Yeah. On your way, you were hit by a shockwave. Upon coming to the planet, it's a barren hellhole, 35-ish, or no, yeah. Not too long ago, it exploded and everyone died and it's a nightmare. There's like skeletons and stuff all around. Whoa. Yeah. It's way too, pe it's way too mature for a television shot to show. <laughs> um, so you guys found the planet. You realize that not too long ago, maybe in the past couple hours, it exploded because these people are using matter-antimatter technology to fuel their planet's power grid. And because they didn't know what they were doing, it blew up the planet. Yep. And the explosion uh, sent out a shockwave that probably blew up those other planets. Um, and then you found a time hole. It's a tear in space that you isolated and put up little those rods around to stabilize it so it wouldn't just eat your people. And it leads 35 hours back in time to when the planet wasn't blown up. But this is a pre-warp civilization. And who, who, who did you take? Did you take Nicolcarno or Chakotay? Um, either or. Either or. You have to pick. Uh, evens Chakotay, odds Nicolcarno. Even. Evens. Chakotay. All right. So Commander Chakotay, the second the, the second command of the ship, of Voyager, is with you, and he has to make a gut call. He's leery about violating the Prime Directive and fucking with time, <laughs> but you guys, I guess, will have to make a case for him about why it's good, and he's going to roll over pretty easy because he has no personality. <laughs> so, the plan is for you guys, after you know, we do the whole talky back and forth morality wringing our hands thing is to go back into the time hole prevent the world from blowing up and steal their matter antimatter tech you need uh to fix up voyager i mean you know yeah yeah and we'll talk about why that is it isn't possible and all this other stuff in the episode this is like a voiceover that the listener that the viewers are watching on the show as the narrator rambles on the crew's just looking around, be like, yeah, no, we know. Yeah. <laughs> time hole. Time hole. Another time episode. I know, right? Two it's in so a row. Fresh. Fucking lord. <laughs> so yeah, I think we cut to uh, the you guys have kind of landed in like a like a shopping district area. Your three shuttlecrafts have touched down. And there's, you know, there's there's you three characters, Chicote, and some other nameless yellow shirts walking around with tricorders, tricordering things with a little <laughs> thing you take out of the top and you're like, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> Yeah. So to clarify, oh yes, yeah. characters... We need to describe your characters to the audience. So we'll start with Nicole. Because uh, we're not playing the same ones. That's well. right, we're playing... Because Star Trek Adventures allows you to build a B team and a C team, they're playing their B team. They're not, not senior officers. Yeah. Not everyone. We're going to get to that. Okay. So... Uh, yeah. Nicole. 
Who is your B-team character you're playing? Uh, her name is Torilla Kadar. She is Betazoid. Um, you feel great pain, like something awful happened. It's horrible. All this pain. Anyways, uh, <laughs> she's a young woman. Uh, she's a crewman, so she's not an official... Uh... You're, you're non-commissioned? Yes. She's a yellow shirt, so she's security. That's right, operations on the security side. Is she security? Yes. There you go. Uh, yeah, she has curly, short hair, and that is what she looks like. Is she wearing those awful TNG push-up bras? What? It's this whole thing about the uniforms. They, they build push-up bras for all the female characters for sex appeal. It did not work out. <laughs> that sounds dumb. To quote this episode, the Janeway twins were on display this time around. <laughs> Oh, oh, Star Trek. Oh, Trek. Nicole's face is like, I hate this. I'm like trying to remember what Janeway looked like this episode. <laughs> like a beatnik. Like a, like a, yeah, like a dirty hillbilly. Yeah, because like the, the clothes for this. JC Penny. It's like weird JC Penny striped like earth tones, but it has like little corsets in the middle of it for like the men and women. It's yeah. form fitting, so it shows off, it shows off your entire stomach profile. Yeah. It was the opposite of a girdle. <laughs> there, I'll link it on Discord. Alright, that's your character? Yes. Crewman? What was your crewman's name again? Tarilla Kadar. Tarilla. Crewman Kadar. Sure. Alright, Peter. Well, I'm still... I'm using my main character, Tanax Quack. So, you know, he's still his Klingony self. Where's your rank again? Uh, Lieutenant Commander. Lieutenant. Second Officer, and so on and so forth. Lieutenant. And for the audience to recall, what does he look like? Well, he's a Klingon, so, you know, he's got his Klingony forehead and whatnot. And, you know, he's wearing his yellow shirt, like the Chief Security Officer he is. He's got his Klingon, uh... What do you call those? Sash. Sash, yeah. You have the sash? Yeah, why not? Looks cool. You're ripping off Worf now. I mean, you know, it's not a bad kind of rip, so... Fair enough. Sure. Whatever. Alright. Try to win more fights. <laughs> I'll do my best. No promises. <laughs> um, so I'm playing Rinix. He's a Denobulan. Not the same one from before. Not the same one from before, no. Uh, he's actually... The mentee to the one before. Yes. So the one before is the Your mentor. Your main uh, character is this character's mentor. mentor. Yeah. Um, and he's a science officer. Yeah. Is he just a crewman? Uh, he's an ensign. Ah, perfect. So he is a ensign. Enlisted. Yep. Yeah. He's an ensign. And he just looks like a nubulin, like off the shelf. Yeah. Yeah, just your standard. Nothing fancy about him. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, some crewmen are working on a computer terminal that survived the blast that they're just fixing up now to get, like, information about the culture and uh, Commander Chakotay's going over it with a tricorder. They all have tricorders and pads in their hands, and they're just typing away, trying to get a profile together for this. Mm-hmm. I have to say, Lieutenant, I'm... Oh, wait, I have to, I have to do more Chakotay. I have to say, Lieutenant, I have... What's the fucking word Reservation. for- Reservation. That's the word. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! No! 
<laughs> oh, snap. You can't, Nicole, you can't oh, use that word. Oh, no! Oh. Jesus, Lord! Try to get an eagle song. Not okay! <laughs> Lieutenant, I have reservations about this plan we're about to enact. Oh? Go on. It feels like we, we're violating the spirit of the Prime Directive and <clears throat> meddling with the timeline. Well, I would see this more as violating the letter of the Prime Directive versus if we talk about the spirit of it, this civilization has just died. Therefore, the worst we can do is bring them back or prevent their death. Therefore, I think it's generally a net positive over total extinction. That's probably true. I know. I wish the captain was here so we could get his advice on this. Properly balance out the opinions. Mm. Well, unfortunately, captain isn't here, and looks like this time warp is not that stable that we could go back and ask his opinion. No, it looks like the explosion is moving backwards in time, as far as um, Ensign Rinnix has informed me. Correct. So, as, the longer we wait, the further backwards it'll destroy this world until we would have never come here because Neil would have never heard of it. Hmm. Well, I guess we shouldn't be spending too much time on this. Mm. We need to make a decision now. Well, I'll have to take full responsibility in the logs when we get back to Starfleet. He says without any hint of irony. Or personality. <laughs> Thanks to the computer and my uh, years of anthropology, I've been able to deduce what their culture might have looked like. It appears they're very much like 23rd... 23rd? Is that, is that our time? 23rd century? No, we're not in the 23rd century. We're in the 21st. We're in the 21st century? In yeah. real life right now, Devin, we are in the 21st century. I never kept track, because we're in the year 2000, so are we in the 20th? No, because the first century started at zero. That's confusing. So 100 <laughs> was the second century. It parallels in many ways 20th century <laughs> Earth culture. They even were humanoid. He shows like a like a little like pattern creation of them where they look like just people without makeup. Mm. Very cheap. <laughs> Easily disposable. Well, they do look humanoid. Mm, I guess most things do look humanoid. There was actually a paper published by Captain Picard at the Enterprise regarding this, a sort of unified uh, template theory by precursors that seeded the galaxy with their DNA. It was a fascinating read. Well, what they meant is that they look like earthbound humans, as in not Klingon, not yeah, kind of you know, beyond, mm. and so on. They look pretty big to me. I suppose. Mm-hmm. Well, we have equipment on the shuttle. We could probably whip up some prosthetics and plastic surgery. Probably will be for the best. Mm, temporary, yes. I only wish we had the doctor with us. The real doctor, not the robot. Of course. Um, I'm... Yeah, there's crewmen on board. We'll okay. Pull it off. I'm, like, I'm like, this character has medicine too? Does Two's pretty good. Medicine? It's plastic uh, surgery. It's fine. Uh, medicine one? Oh, God. <laughs> it's plastic surgery. We'll be... It's just plastic surgery, guys. Come on. Yeah, no. Make it work. They, they, put, they, put, that, they put that thingy too. next to your head to heal up the wounds. <laughs> and just uh, put a rubber mask over your face. Yeah, we'll print up prosthetics to make you look human. Yeah. They'll take off the makeup off your actors. Peel. <laughs> They'll pull that Mr. Worf shit off your forehead. Just... 
Yeah, there is a, a brief kind of montage as, you know, people are going about scanning and stuff. And it's like, you can already see the effects happening on the outer planets. They already seem to have been destroyed by the last centuries ago. Oh, this one's certainly... And you all have your JCPenney clothes on. It's all the... For the listeners, the uh, the clothes of these people, which we'll, we'll get to the name of their people because we have a small cultural update. It's like, imagine a flat, like, carpet brown color in a t-shirt that has a corset around it to really push in your stomach. And then there's, like, uh, an orange that looks like it came from, like, a Nerf gun. And then there's, like, a sickly green-yellow color on top of it. It's horizontal. It's thick horizontal stripes. Oh yeah, thick horizontal stripes. Uh, earth tones, but like fall timey. And yeah, there's like a whole corset thing happening for both men and women. Oh yeah, it's. Uh, Although the women's kind of goes further upwards to make your tits look good. <laughs> Get the Janeway twins out for this episode. We need to bring in the viewers. <laughs> oh, Kate Mulgrew's a gem. All right, so let's. All right, we're back. Okay. What we know of these people is that we're in a province called Markov, and it's formed by one of their many disparate governments across the planet. It looks like their main source of energy was a matter-antimatter refinement and plant system uh, that isn't, doesn't follow the normal specs you'd see from a society that develops matter-antimatter. It looks like their lack of a space program prevent them from finding obvious flaws in the technology that would have prevented this catastrophe. That's terrifying. Hmm. They didn't, they didn't. It's odd as, an, as a cultural evolutionary thing that they wouldn't get space travel, though it's possible that because of the plasticity of time, the destruction of the planets in their system might have deterred them from it. Hmm. Possible. Implying that, no, that sounds like a predestination paradox. Temporal mechanics aside, <laughs> without a space program, they never learned the, the proper containment measures for matter antimatter technology. Yes. So, if we were to go through, we need to make sure that the facility does not detonate. I will, I have on my tricorder, obviously, all the, you know, containment records and ways to contain it, so... We'll have to find a way to get close, maybe to get the plant shut down, maybe find a way to neutralize it. This yes. will be a sort of infiltration mission at most. Mm -hmm. At the least, it'll be infiltration. Mm -hmm. If we don't succeed... We die. Yes, but if we do nothing, if... these people will be left extinct. However, if we succeed... I mean, if we fail, the woman this explosion brigade back in time to the point where Voyager wouldn't have come here and create some sort of paradox? We were on the way to begin with. Neelix told us there were people here. Yes, but as you mentioned, could have probably back in time to the point where Neelix wouldn't have known about them because... They would have exactly, that's why we cannot delay. Yes. We have 35 hours once we go on the other side to solve this before the, the explosion happens. Yes. And I don't know about you, but I don't feel like sussing out how this goes down afterwards. No. No, I think we need to solve that problem at hand and worry about everything else afterwards. So, should we bring heavier guns in case we need to get somewhere without delay? No. No, we should avoid trying to contaminate their culture as much as possible. Once Voyager gets here, we touch base with the captain, we can talk about maybe making first contact and providing them with fixes to their technology. Yes. 
Sounds good. All right. Um, all right, I'm going to stay behind here with the crew then, and we will try and keep some sort of stabilization or some sort of connection between the time hole and your side. I don't know if we'll be able to keep in contact, though. Mm. Yes, and possibly pull us out if it gets too late. If, if We have three sets of transporters in the shuttles, so we should be able to keep a lock on each one of you with each shuttle individually. Mm. Perfect. That will be useful. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it will be good to have some part of the crew here to monitor the situation. And uh, Yes, exactly. You're the senior officer on this mission, Lieutenant. I'll do my best. And yeah, your two characters have been surgery to look like people this episode. Yep. Okay. Oh. Alright, let's head on. You guys? Alright, so yeah, to describe the rift, it's in the middle of this burned out shopping center full of debris and destruction and explosions. And uh, it's actually like, yeah, a tear in space, where on the other side you can actually see like, like sunlight and grass and people walking and wow. stuff. It's like, it's just normal on the other side, and they have little, those little stabilizer trees around it, with like a little laser grid going around. And yeah, you guys cross the threshold dun, dun, dun. and head back in time, 35 hours. Dun, 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 dun. All right, you go through the time hole, or the tear in space, the time hole, it's a hole in time. You're going to encounter many time holes in Voyager. Oh no. Voyager had holes for days. How about some plot holes? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many holes in Voyager. <laughs> and it's a bright, happy 21st century, you know, city that looks a lot like San Francisco. There's people walking and talking, and nobody's eating, not with these fucking corsets on. <laughs> um, but you know, it's it's a happy, bustling city center. And you like you guys walked out like an alley, basically. You good? You know, there's, there's like, combustion cars driving around and stuff. You know, your, your process surgery wasn't perfect, so you guys have, like, headbands and, like, stuff on. Okay. Not me. I'm a Betazoid. Uh-huh. You feel great amounts of, you know, just, just people are just happy. For now. Does a kid start screaming? No, no, we're fucking cutting that stupid kid. <laughs> <laughs> that was dumb. Just ignore it. It'll go away. <laughs> Throw some shiny toy. Give him a slap. <laughs> a slap at a haircut. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, here you are. 35 hours in the past. Okay. Um, so, to recap our plan, we're going to try to get to the plan that we're guessing was the source of this explosion. calamity and try to convince them to not proceed with whatever they were planning with our science papers on why their technology is unstable. That sounds like the most wharf plan ever. You didn't <laughs> use any actual words. You're like, so we'll use science papers, Captain. <laughs> and like Worf picks up like a brick of science papers. <laughs> Basically. I would say that that sounds like it's against the Prime Directive because we're showing them about their technology, we're giving them technology, but then if we don't, they're dead anyways, so... I mean, we didn't bring any explosives to just blow it up. He's... 
ranking officer here. If he says no. to do it, I mean, then. No, I mean, yes. <laughs> I am your <laughs> this is not army. This is, you know, the Starfleet. We're discussing well, yes. what we're going to be doing. Army will be my father now. <laughs> Fucking Buster Blues. No, I agree. It's it, They're going to die unless we can do something. You're going to die unless you Yes, we're going to die. The logical thing to do here is give them plans to not kill themselves, but nothing excessive so that they like go from not killing themselves to having warp capabilities within an hour sort of thing. Oh, we just prove to them that the current technology is unstable and here all the... Just say we're why. from... One of the neighboring... From the Kalto province. Yeah. yeah there's a poster on the opposite side that says, come yeah. visit Kalto province today. Yeah, we're from Kalto <laughs> province, and we've we're, we've been researching this, and we've stabilized it in our area, and so now here's some drawings. It turns out Kalto province is their equivalent of, like, uh, North Korea. a dumpster. <laughs> no, no, what, what do you call the, the folk, the nice folk who don't use technology? Oh, 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 it's oh, the equivalent oh, of the Amish... Uh, We've been studying your matter, antimatter <laughs> schematics while raising barns and, and reveling in the simple life. What is this? The Black Panther movie? Mm. Oh, what? shit. Black Panther's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, yeah, we're such a you know, high-technology you know, hidden empire here in this, you know, Africa. Well, like, if you go and go over <laughs> the Amish empire, like... <coughs> Coffee. But like, if you go into any of the barns, they're empty. And there's just a button in the middle that brings you down to their <laughs> underground Amish super empire. I mean, that's the array, right? We told them we don't use internet, <laughs> <laughs> and they bought it. Stupid American bitches. I mean, we, we don't, don't get we get tax breaks. I mean, we don't use the internet. We just you know, do quantum entanglement of these particles. <laughs> we just plug ourselves into the upload system that we learned from the from the Native Americans from their empire that they hide. <laughs> Illuminati. <laughs> and it's like, where are you from? America? The North Korea of the secret Earth? Because they think that they're really great and stuff, but really they're just, you know, they're like backwards. Mm. Turns out the entire free world is, is like the secret Earth's equivalent of North Korea. It's like, they think that they're the most advanced people. We all live in the center of the Earth. <laughs> we have mind-uploading technology in the forever. <laughs> All right, that was an insane uh, distraction. So, yes. Calto have... Province. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, and on the horizon, you see it. It's a giant um, geodesic dome. It looks a lot like Science World, but uh, scaled up. It's almost like an arcology, and it's like a giant like energy campus. Cool. It even yeah. has like, glowing lights on it. Hmm. It's not even a matte painting. It looks like it's rendered. Mm, I guess we would pull out our tricorders to... Figure out. Like, oh my god, you're scanning with your tricorder? There's like pipes underneath this entire city just full of manta antimatter reactions. Oh, oh no. Bad days. Bad days, guys. Okay. I mean, we could only just drain it from the pipes, but I don't think we could drain it anywhere. No, 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 no. We have to go to the reactor. That's. They really yeah. built this technology backwards. Yeah. Okay. See, that's one of the problems. Okay. Bad piping. Start walking, I guess? <laughs> Briskly walk. No, no, no. Now you no. might be like, oh, why didn't they just build the reactor next to like a thing that turns into electricity? Um, and I and I say to you, why the fuck they didn't do that in the original script? 
Because they're like, Polaric energy is being piped through the entire ground. And Jamie's like, oh my Christ. Yeah. That's like saying that that if you're, it's that's like saying if you're like a coal-based society and like you're burning coal to produce electricity, the actual explosion of a coal burning is run through all of the city. Yeah. <laughs> or if you're like fucking using a hydroelectric dam, you're running the water under the city and like it's the individual little panels. Like, oh yes, we're like piping hydrogen straight to your home so you use that in your fuel cells to produce electricity. <laughs> yeah. We pipe the hydrogen directly to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like, there's probably an elementary school right beside their nuclear reactor facility. <laughs> there's a hundred elementary schools. <sighs> this was a vote. This is an election uh, maneuver. <laughs> they outsourced to every country. So, some hate president decided, yes, this will be my election spiel, and I'll bring this nuclear technology to every it, house. It's, it's like Portal 2, where you find out that the reason the turrets don't kill you is because there's a spring-loaded thing that shoots an entire bullet at you. It doesn't fire the bullet, it just throws it at you. That's why it hurts like hell. That's 60% more bullets. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you're in the alleyway entrance. <sighs> okay, start walking. It'd be so great if you were just come at me bro I've oh, like, like he gets like stabbed you're like oh my god we need room to a hospital <laughs> uh yeah no start walking towards the facility I guess yep it's yeah. kind of we don't have vehicles so yeah there's a there's combustion engine vehicles all over yeah and there's there's a fair amount of vehicles that run off of like internal fuel cells hmm that's nice interesting I'll scan things kind of as I go. Just so those fuel cells are matter antimatter reactions that'll run forever. Oh wow! That have to be recharged. That's, That's nice. Actually, pretty cool. No, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying, but it's it's impressive that they've got this level of technology without killing themselves. I mean, they kill themselves <laughs> soon, but <laughs> it happens. <laughs> it does happen, but it's impressive that they've gone this long without killing themselves. <laughs> oh. Must have been decades of them building this up. Jeez. Must have been. Oof. Okay, we go towards the dome. Alright, it's gonna take a few hours to walk there through the streets, and you're gonna have to go yeah. over like highways and stuff. Hmm. I guess we should take a taxi. Do we. We don't have any money. I mean. Yeah, we have no currency for this. This is we pledge, so kind of like, oh, this is some their culture, and like, this is what they use for money. Yeah, but they didn't, they didn't even have schematics to replicate money. Yeah. They didn't do Fallout Raiden and dig up a vault and pick some corpse pockets. Chakotay, yeah. the anthropologist, didn't have you grave rob. Yeah. Chakotay! No. <laughs> We're walking. Chakotay's like, if we take their money, the souls of their people might not go to their afterlife. Devin. He says that in an episode! Oh. <laughs> that's literally the origin. That, that's in his origin story. That he stole some money? No. He was in South America looking for a tribe of people that had never been contacted yet. In the future, there were still people that hadn't been contacted yet, what? apparently. Like, they were just left alone. And he took a rock from one of their sites as a souvenir. <laughs> and his dad or his teacher told him that, 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 that by taking that rock, they desecrated the tomb and all those people's souls didn't get to go to their afterlife. And Chakotay's like, wow, oh, dick move, me. <laughs> but that, I'm an atheist. <laughs> dick wow. move, me. Anyway, 
Um, I guess we could try convincing some of the drivers to give us a lift. Are you you no, flagged no, him? No, no, no. I mean, what would that? All... What would be that role? Would be like, you know, control and command. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> combat. Okay, roll control be... and command if you want to do that. So or I... presence if you want to make them not scared. <laughs> I think he's all like salt. <laughs> okay, I got my character is visibly scared. I got thirteen. Does, does anyone have anything better? Yes. For what? Control and presence, or control, control a command from McLean. For rolling. Or oh God, I'm at eight. Talking. Because I have yeah. presence ah. at ten, and then uh, command at three. Thirteen. Same. Do you have any focuses on that? Um. It's got security protocols. Sense motive. I have persuasion. Ah, there you go. So I think you should roll. I can give, be your advisor, so like oh. an aid. Yeah. So how does this work? Yeah, um, well, what are you, what are you gonna do? What's the plan here? What are you doing to inform the role and stuff? I think we're. Because it sounded it sound like to me that the Klingon was going in front of a moving car, being like halt, and putting his hand out and stopping the car. <laughs> which, to which my character is terrified. <laughs> I think we changed our mind on that, though. Yeah, so... Generally, I think we want to hail a ride, looking that we're desperately in need of a ride to go get to that place faster. Um, yeah. I'll roll to 8, plus I've got an advice roll, which gives you a re-roll, and you're going to be the one talking to convince them that they should give us a ride because you know we're in... A hurry to stop a disaster, I suppose. I'm gonna but then why wouldn't we have a car? I'm just going to say that we're from the Kalto province and that someone had stolen our money. And we're trying to make So we don't, have any, we don't have any currency for a cab. Yeah. So we're going, well, for a whatever. Yeah. Public for transport. Transport, yeah. That's fair. That works. Or okay. someone in a car. Hey, you need to, need to give us a ride. That's what I mean, but... We yeah. tell them that we don't yeah. have money for a cab, yeah. that's why we're not yeah. just calling yeah. a cab. But I don't know how to roll. 2d20, roll under the number on the thing. Yeah. You need so, to roll uh, under 13. So four. But I have a focus. Uh, that focus means that 1 to 3 doubles your success. Yeah. Uh, do I roll first the support to add her dice, or do I just add her dice because I'm supporting? How did that go? You roll, and whatever successes you get, add to her successes. Oh, okay. Do it! Yeah! 20 and a 2. Isn't so, a 20 the worst thing? Yeah, 20 yes. is the worst thing, and doesn't something bad happen to the 20? Yeah, consequences yeah. happen. Ooh, consequences. Uh-oh. Alright, let's... Nicole, you roll. One success. One success, and All right. so you have two successes and one really bad thing. Let's pause. Alright, we're back. Um, complication didn't happen because we rolled wrong, so it's fine now. Instead, three successes. Yep. Okay, so, you guys, well, uh, literally, how is this going down uh, with the two of you acting in tandem? Are you stopping a car with your hand? Um, well, I think we need to, I suppose. Alright, your commanding officer goes in front of the road and puts his hand out, and another car comes screaming to a halt. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh god, why? Come at me, bro. <laughs> halt. I've got the max HP for this game. Oh, oh no. Um, I'm going to... Uh... Uh, a dude pokes his head out the window. It's like, uh, can I help you? 
I'm gonna... Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna look apologetic. Um, I, I'm so sorry about that. It's just that... Uh, we're you feel that he's frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> and confused. <laughs> I'm so sorry about this. We're from the Kalto province, and something got wrong with our luggage, and we don't have any currency on us. We're just wondering if you can give us a ride to... We'll mention where... I'll point to the, the power place, plant. To the, the power, power plant. plant. Okay, alright. You gotta watch out, buddy. I nearly hit ya. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Pile on in! He, like, hits a button and the doors go up like a DeLorean. Because they have money for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the mining age result. Okay. We pile on in. Alright, he starts driving. He has a radio on that has, you know, human music on. <laughs> Why are you guys going to the power plant? You heading there for the protest? Oh, there's a protest there? Ah, uh, yeah, a bunch of environmentalist types talking about shutting it down because it's dangerous or something. Oh. Some people just don't like progress. Yeah. So crazy, they've really had to up security. They're doing some break-ins and stuff. Wow. Just oh, nuts. No. Oh, yeah, are you going for that? Or no, 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 we're not here for the protest. We're, we're <laughs> actually um, engineers, and we're here to work on the plant. Oh, that's great. That's perfect. Yeah. We need to make sure that it is safe. Yeah, you don't get much, uh, many engineers from Kalto province, that's weird. But hey, you know, uh, good for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, a lot of effort. Yeah, I'm the first in my family to go through engineering. Huh. Yep, we're very proud of you. Clearly not related to my character! He's like, no, oh. like, oh, from our department. <laughs> We're proud of you that, oh, you're breaking the norms, you know, <laughs> of, uh, pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so I'll say that was difficulty one, because you guys totally didn't fuck that up. And you get two, the extra two successes become momentum. Uh -huh. da -da -da. Da -da -da, momentum. It's a pool you pay out of for powers. Yep. Extra dice. <laughs> Okay. All right, he drives you in his vehicle. Yeah, like it has like a, you know, it's like a car and has like a thing going down the middle to separate the seats and the like four door, like the four seats in it, whatever. And there's like, you know, a dashboard that's all futury and has like a power plant balancer and stuff. Like you can clearly see that it's monitoring the matter antimatter reaction. Oh, God. My character's just not looking very well in this at all. Don't drive into anything. <laughs> this, is, this is probably a bad time to mention. This is probably one of my character's first away mission. <laughs> like this is literally the planet where every car chase ends in an explosion. Like, <laughs> like this is probably... We're shooting the gas tank. Yeah. Oh yeah. my. No, like this... This, this Tansman town? The Voyager was probably this character's first posting. <laughs> and yeah, so this is probably like his first... He's pretty green. Same with this person, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> Well, back at his previous boss, it was Wolf. Yeah. Oh, the battle. So you know how bad things can get. <laughs> so yeah, he drives off an off-ramp and brings you to the power plant campus area. Woo! <laughs> 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 oh. This is literally Fallout where all the cars give off a little... 
Like they're they're like traffic Bump people must be like, oh, there's another nuclear waste on on Highway Seven. Highways <laughs> collapsed. They're driving on of the highway and jumping the gap and crashing into each other. It looks like um, that'll take a week or two to fix. <laughs> they jump over the shark tank. Oh, watch out when you're driving down Highway Six. A few million doves have caught cancer and died on it. We've had... <laughs> We're All these locusts are everywhere. <laughs> Everything uh, west of Highway 9 is dead. <laughs> watch out for the glow fields and the dwellers within. <laughs> the haunting souls of the previous traffic accidents wandering the waste, their bodies covered in green glow dust. Christ. Okay, we gotta pause. Okay, we're back. So, you are dropped off at the campus. You know, it's a nice neighborhood full of trees and sunlight and people walking. And there's a little, like, gate and, like, mm-hmm. fence around the campus with, like, guard posts. And, yeah, there's, like, I don't know, 30 people with signs protesting and yelling and stuff. And there's a bunch of men in, like, silver outfits with face masks all twirling batons. How <laughs> batons is... with your names on it. Oh, my. How are we supposed to get to people in charge through here? I think we could try approaching the front gate, but it seems that they if, don't well, listen. Yeah, if we approach on the side of the gate, not by the protesters, and say, hey, we're scientists from the Kanto region. Well, we the Kanto region for Pokemon. <laughs> I'll remember the Pokemon. name of it. Um, what is that what it was? Kalto. Kalto. Oh my god. See, they're basically well, the same. Yeah, but then because you said the wrong one, I couldn't remember the real one. I was like, oh no. Kalto. Um, I mean, we don't have any documentation to show them that we are. Well, we can say that we were robbed by the protesters and, you know, blame everything on the protesters and they might buy it. But we have the most important thing our scientific papers. Exactly. Yeah. Say they didn't take. We, you know, we managed to hold on to our notes, but they robbed us of yeah. money and our documentation. They might be trying to infiltrate another day. Hmm. What do you think, well, Lieutenant? That, that does sound like a convincing story. I guess... Correct one, sir. Is it? Yeah. Oh. your superior. He oh, yeah, him. I guess that's true, sir. Eh. <laughs> uh. Um, okay, I, yeah. So, I... What's exactly the plan, though? Because, like... <laughs> We're going to go to a side gate, or... No, like, the, the front the gate, gate, but not in the, like... Okay, if all the protesters are here, and the gate's right there, the we're going to walk zone. on the, like, kind of around, <laughs> and just, you know, go up to the little <coughs> door, be like, hey, we're not with these guys, but we'd like to talk to you, kind of thing. And then say, we got robbed by the protesters. We're here from the Kalto region to help. I guess they'll ask, why why weren't they informed that someone's coming from the Kalto region? Also, will the people that are in the position to make any decisions be at the actual factory? I mean, it's a highly complicated piece of machine. You have to have engineers on staff. Yes. Fair. It'd be, I mean, it's ridiculous that they're using this technology as it is, but it'd be extremely silly of them not to have engineers on staff and other personnel to deal with 
problems, maintenance, uh, you know, things that arise. Yeah. General day-to-day -day running of the factory. Definitely. Or plant, I should say. Not factory. <laughs> yeah? So we doing... You are right. Why wouldn't they have heard of us? But I don't know. We can... Hmm. Say that maybe the letter got lost in mail? Does that, does that happen on this planet? I don't know. Do also, we have a web? Hmm. You may have a web when Voyager was made. It was 1995. Haha! Computer systems do not exist. <laughs> yeah, that's right. None of them exist. Okay, so... So I guess you're good at persuading people, Tarilla, right? Yes. Okay, so I'll need you to take a lead on this. Okay, I can probably sense their uh, Whether their they believe us or not, yeah. Oh yeah, so probably we should talk with the person that's most calm and collective. Someone that's yes. the most yes. easy to persuade. Good Perfect. strategy. Okay, let's do this. Okay, we walk <clears throat> around the crowd of angry protesters. Oh, they're all over there yelling and screaming and, and, stuff, and there's guards nearby. It's, yeah. a, it's a kerfuffle right, waiting to happen. We walk around them to the side of the gate and kind of peacefully wave down whoever she says is the friendliest feeling guy. Well, you're all like sensing with your magic? Yeah. <laughs> All right, all right, you're waving at one of the guards, and he's, he's approaching, baton in hand, twirling it in his hand. It's like, he's just, the friendliest. <laughs> just waiting to put it into your face. A pretty squishy faces. He's, small super, he's super happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong definition of happy. Right, I was going to say, maybe he's not the one we want to talk to. He sounds crazy. <laughs> Teddy made crazy faces. Sounds like a sociopath. Who's the, <laughs> who's the Omega of the group? <laughs> anyway, he walks up. Hey, hey. Over there in the protesting zone. What the fuck? <coughs> Excuse me? That wasn't in character, obviously. <laughs> because it's not that you don't swear. <laughs> We're actually not here to protest. We're from the Kato oh. region. Kauto, eh? I got family up there. Oh, yeah. That's pretty great. We're actually uh, engineers. You don't look like you're engineers. Pull out my well, stacks we tried of paper. To, we tried to, you know... Pull out a tran the tricorder. Beep, boop, Don't boop. pull out your fucking future tech. <laughs> it looks like some swearing. It, it looks like this is a science-y thing. He doesn't know it's future tech. <laughs> That'd be like if an alien took out an alien device, and you're like, oh, it's probably future tech. It's like, that looks like an alien device. You pulled out the equivalent of a ray gun. <laughs> Man, you really flunked out at your first contact course, eh? Oh, yes. <laughs> what do I have here? Uh, command one? Anyway. Uh, yeah, no, I can't be letting you in. I mean... You don't have any credentials or tags. You're not dressed like engineers. There's a protest going on, and you just showed up at the side gate. It seems awfully suspicious. Explain. <laughs> we were robbed. Oh, we're saying we're robbed. Yeah, we were yeah, robbed. Protesters robbed, robbed us because they wanted to steal our identification, probably to sneak in here at a later date. I'm gonna say that, but I'm not gonna say it. 
as right stupidly. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You can be hard. That's not what I was trying to say. I was saying, like, I don't know how to I will say that, but I no. will not say it like a robot. <laughs> it's fair. A Chakotay. You should have punched her in the face first. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought about punching ourselves in the face. <laughs> Alternatively, is one of you a medic? Uh, medicine two? I have medicine two. Medicine, medicine one. You guys could use medicine and a medical, like a little med kit to like give yourself bruises. Punch myself in the face. <laughs> the cling away. <laughs> punch myself in the face. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll just punch ourselves in the face if you don't. Oh, we already here talking to him. We can't start punching ourselves in the face now. I, oh, I thought we were retconning. I mean, okay, so I, if we're allowed to retcon. I mean, it was like, sure. oh, plus, oh, they punch us here in the stomach. <laughs> punch, punch. Or like, oh, we can tag on our makeup. Be like, oh, they like even cut us a little bit and like start peeling the. Makeup. Oh my god. I think it was knife point. We're hitting a piece of fucking protesters' kale. <laughs> yeah, it's better than the whole planet. <laughs> so, uh, what is the plan before you approach the friendly guard? We have made ourselves look like we're bruised and beaten a little bit. You look ruffled. We look ruffled, yes. <laughs> You use medical equipment, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. Although I think Klingon beats himself up. Oh my god, he just gets into a fight with Would you like one? He gets into a fist fight with himself. With my vicious hands. Look, he's losing a fight to himself. <laughs> also, I'm winning it behind against Klingon. Fucking lord. Okay. So, okay, scene swipe, you're going back to the guard before you even talk to him, looking yeah. jacked up and ruffled. Yeah. Oh, hey, what happened to you guys? Those protesters. We're from the Kalto region. We're engineers, but they took all our ID. These protesters? Well, some other ones. I, I don't know what... The guy in a crow's nest cocks a sniper rifle. Right <laughs> Well, I don't know. They was on the way here. I don't know if the the other ones made their way here yet or not. But yeah, they took our ID. Maybe they're trying to sneak in. Makes sense. But we have all these important papers. We're supposed to show to the boss. Pull out papers. I was gonna say, are you pulling out your fucking tricorder again, Ian? <laughs> no, Nicole. Paper. Frocking. <laughs> oh, you you were assaulted then, eh? Yes, we were. All right, let me just call the let me just call the the constable team, and we'll get you in and uh, be able to make a report. You know, we got to document this and make sure that the authorities are contacted. Step inside my security booth. Thank you. Walked in. Walked in. Yeah. Hey. Uh... How he's feeling. Did he, yeah, how's he feeling? Pretty good. He also, did he... he feels, he feel, you sense that he feels empathy about your plight. That's did, good. He, this time he didn't tell us he's from the Kalto region, right? No, no, he, he was too okay. shocked that you were had the Jim, you had the Jim Kirk kicked out of you. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, he puts you in the security booth, sits down, gets you guys some tea and coffee. It's nice to meet you, meet you, Mr... Oh, trends. Trends. Yeah, well, yeah. You guys are, you know, engineers, eh? Yeah. yeah. Yes. 
That's, that's great. You know, we could all, those plants always hiring. You know, we're doing a lot of expansion, they're saying. Awesome. Yeah. The PD's on the way. They're going to come and take you out of the station to make a statement and whatnot. You know, it's all very official, and then I'm sure they'll get your stuff back. Can we get in contact with the chief engineer here? Because yeah, the we... papers are pretty urgent. Oh, he's really tied up with this protest. Him and the governor have been in closed sessions for the last while talking about how to deal with it. Oh. Well, we have some... You know, they, they're getting out of hand, as I'm sure you know. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I point to our faces. Of course, yeah. Um, Is there anyone else from it's... the engineering team that we could talk with? Because Oh, we got the place on lockdown master. for security. We don't want... You know, we, we don't want anyone getting hurt or anyone sneaking in and doing, like, uh, any sort of meddling with the facility. Yeah, it's just the faster we get this new information papers passed on, you know, the quicker... I'll put in my report, and after you're done talking to the police, you'll be able to, uh, you know, come back with your credentials and whatnot. No, we'll see, but we need to get this delivered today. This is really important. I don't know what I can. I don't know what I can do, really. I mean, we got the protesters out front, you know, and the, you see guys like they're starting to fight the protesters. Starting to brawl. They're all. I'm sorry. I gotta. I'll, I'll, I gotta go. I gotta. He gotta grabs his baton, gives a troll in his head. I gotta go. And he heads outside, and he starts. Uh... He starts. Uh, Hitting protesters. He starts civil <coughs> disobedience is still disobedience. <laughs> um, what's this room look like? How many? It's doors? like uh, it's like a toll booth basically, okay. but like reinforced. Yeah, you know, like a toll booth with a little arm. Okay. Yeah. So you're telling us it's that it's a little bigger. That all the security is currently beating out the poor. Not all the security. There's people in towers on the wall and stuff. Yeah. Does this toll booth is it connected to the wall? Like, and it has a door through the wall, no. or just through it's just like a place where they check your yeah. ID and then they wave you on through. Darn. Has like um, a radio and stuff. Hmm. Well, I mean, we don't. It wouldn't look like we're just like running in. It's almost like we walk in normally. That should be fine, I suppose. Maybe if we maybe take the radio and anything, say that oh, it's fine. Are there any like security keys or anything in the booth here? That kind of see it so i think the problem is that it's not about getting in because like oh we could just oh probably open the door with I mean, if you want to get yeah you want to get it yeah. you start lasering your way through yeah. with lasers it's, it's yeah. all about the other security that might notice us yeah and we try to take some pot shots <laughs> using energy weapons near the reactor like oh my god <laughs> it's safe it's all fine yeah um i mean we could try just opening the gate slightly and walking in, but it looks like they're, they're going to see us, so... Wait, um, I've got a focus of, I think, security protocols, was it? Mm, yeah, security protocols. So, since there's radio here, can I so figure out what roughly they'll say, like, oh yeah, you know, three people coming into the plant, and convince them that, yeah, we are legitimately going through. Security, eh? Security protocols. Security protocol. That's a mighty powerful focus. Yep. That's, yeah. that's really good. This sounds like it's going to be insight and security with your focus. Okay. <laughs> so about 12. Um, insight just, and security? Yeah. Do you have anything to help? Um, well, my score is 14 for that. So you're a bit better than me. 
but you don't have the focus. I don't have the focus. So I guess so you, you can assist. Yeah, yeah, assist. So I roll two dice. You roll one die. One die. I roll two. Can you have more than one person assist? I don't know how many. Uh, I know you're not allowed. There's okay. There is a cap. How are you assisting? Basically, it's important about how you're assisting. Are you talking to people? Yeah, I think I'll. I'll assist with my psychic powerness to sense. Um... You're just gonna sense what they're feeling. Yeah. yeah. Try to read their minds a little. Yeah. Is your full betazoid? Yeah. Yeah. And just basically, kind of like. Like, what's the protocols here for? I can't read their minds. Oh. Like, my character does not actually oh, okay. have any. You have to have a. Yeah, that's one of their the things. talents. Uh, talent. Yeah, and uh, they don't have any talents because they're a side crew. But all beta swords are kind of psychic, so uh, yeah. she can basically sense emotions and stuff. And like, yeah, yeah. All right, I'll let that aid because awesome. you're trying to figure out security protocols. Yep. Yeah. All right, you two go for it. I rolled my scores out of success. I believe so. I think so. Equal to or less than? Equal to or less than, I believe, is the way to do it. So I rolled a success. So I rolled a 9 and a 14, so a success as well. So, so two, two successes. Ooh, yeah, that's exactly as much as you needed, really. Perfect. Boom! All right, you're able to suss out a general layout of how their security works and how their mm-hmm. like, protocols and phrasing. You kind of pick up the lingo. Yep. How are you going to apply this? Um, so I guess... Um, you're the more persuasive one, so we can get you on the radio saying that oh, three people are coming into the plant. Three, yeah, we have three. And they've authorized. Three yeah. authorized engineers are coming in. Uh, they've been rough. Accosted. <laughs> they've been accosted by the protesters. Three Please. engineers in civilian yeah. clothes. Yeah. Through. Yeah. Please send them to the engineering wing to be. Are you good at yeah. talking? They have important information. Yeah, they have important to things the, to do. Yeah. So like, are you good at talking? Because, oh, we could pretend, oh, this is Officer, whatever <laughs> his name was, because he did mention his name. And he can pretend to sound like Quick, him. Quick, what was his name? Uh, Tap. 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 Oh, he's like Talsa. 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 Trends. Trends. <laughs> Trends. I right. know it was T. I got, I got the T. Heroes of the Federation. <laughs> <laughs> Junior heroes. Trends. In training. <laughs> so I don't know how good she'd be at mimicking voices. She's good at persuasion. She's good at persuasion. She's good at presence. Yeah, so a, I assume that's the kind of skills you need. Yeah, probably. Like yeah. roughly, I can make over the radio. <laughs> Old timey radio. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. So yeah, I think we want you to. Persuaded. Although he'll probably does he have a radio on him? Did we see that they yeah they don't they have a little so he'll hear so uh, don't say that it's Officer Trent like you'll care because he'll probably hear that as he's mowing down civilians. Uh, <laughs> it's not a bloodbath, but there is a tussle. Like the protesters are fighting back. Someone throws a, a like a smoke thing, yeah. like a tear They're gas busy. grenade. Yeah, local PD is coming because you call the local PD. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, so I guess we'll let you, Nicole, do the persuasion. I'll be. We do have two momentum saved here. That's two more die. Or no, I'll add one die because it costs one, then two, then three. Yeah, it can, and then you can use one to re-roll or something, or one to. Yeah, you're fine. fine. Plus, 
After I can see you. I can do yeah. advising to give you one reroll. Your culture. Well. Yeah. This is how the security protocols work. Okay. Whoa. Nice. Those are low. Two successes. Good. Cool. Okay. You were coaching? Um, th that gives a reroll. Uh, so, ah, I got my advisor talent. Yeah, this is also difficulty too. It would have been much higher if you didn't figure this out ahead of time. Yep. Yeah. Right, this is central security. Sorry, but are we actually saying I'm that person? It's, uh, I mean, it's a 50 50. Like, oh, this is the front gate. Yeah, this is the front gate, basically. That might be a better, a safer. Which one would be a safer bet? Yeah, you got successes, go for it. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's a central security? Yeah. Central security, this is uh, the front gate here. We've got a few uh, few three. engineers from... We've got three engineers from the uh, Kalto province. Uh, I love we're using the, 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 the two fucking special words we picked up from the episode. Kalto, Kalto, They've been accosted by some of the protesters out here, so they don't have their ID and they're in uh, civilian clothing. But they do need to be sent through to the engineering to wing. the uh, engineering wing to speak with the uh, chief engineer and the governor. No, not the governor. Just yeah, the, the chief. Governor. He's with the governor. He said, oh, right? I, like I figured they were at a different building doing yeah. stuff, like governor shit. Yeah, the chief. They need to speak. Well, with then the what the chief fuck are we going staff. inside for? To talk the to the chief engineer, because the chief engineer will deal with it. No, the chief engineer will be here. Or a chief engineer will be here. Yes. Like someone... Let could, them in? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep, three civilians clear to go through. <laughs> okay. We head inside quickly without letting... Tannis? Taris? Trash. Trends. Trends. <laughs> it's trends, like trends, trends, but without the D. He's trending. Trez. Yeah, you guys are ushered into one of the like guard door gates as it's getting bad out there. Yeah. Put your hands down. Run, scatter. So you guys are brought into the facility. It looks very much like the inside of a hydroelectric dam, a brewery. The a university's electrical conduits underneath a building, you know, wherever it's cheap to film. Yeah. It's a big industrial looking place. It's fair. The guards, you know, he's laying you in and he was like, yeah, yeah, head to the engineering wing. That's... I'll accompany you. Thank you. Let's appreciate it. Okay. We walk briskly. Okay. With papers in hand. Yeah, uh, yeah you guys are brought to a room. It's like, you know, full of monitoring stations, big banks with like dials on them, like, like a hydroelectric dam with like chairs and there's people there doing the work and stuff. And like when you come on in, some tech looks at you, kind of looks back at his stage, <coughs> he's eating a donut, but it's a space donut, so it's like a triangle instead of a circle. <laughs> what is the technology rot? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I really want to make triangles. I mean, I just want to get food. I'm so hungry. <laughs> I mean, well, yes. If you're offering, let me pause. Fuck this. Grab this up quickly. Fuck Star Trek. <laughs> anyway, you're in a control room. There's like 50 people in here, and yeah, they're doing monitoring stuff. Oh, there's a big glass view screen into the heart of the dome, and it's like a big pit which has like what looks like giant cooling rods that are glass or some sort of transparent aluminum material, 
and uh, they're going into the heart of the thing, and you can see like energy going through them, like warp reactions. Oh. And there's like alarms going every once in a while, and like teams going by and like you know replacing like like teams in suits in there on umbilical cords going in and like descending down ladders and replacing like really hot components with like ones that have been like cooled with like nitroglycerin, basically. Or uh, liquid nitrogen. Yeah. Not nitroglycerin. <laughs> That'd be bad, Devin. In this safety tower. That'd be full on fallout. <laughs> With how badly that would be thought out. Liquid nitrogen, not there nitroglycerin. There you go. This is an amp. <laughs> shake it, shake it. Oh. Okay. But yeah, it looks like, um, it looks like, cr- it looks like, you know, 20 or so really big crude warp cores that are just being hot networked together. They're emitting a lot of power. They're powering probably a lot of this continent. Oh, oh no, runaway chain reaction. Oh, okay. <laughs> who's, who's in charge here? Do we see a guy um, the donut? Who's the foreman? Yeah, there's a guy with a triangle donut. He looks a little pudgy. Um, you know, he has crumbs on him, glasses. He's got a beard. I assume he's at like a console station or something or a table or... Yeah, he's at a console, he has headphones on. <laughs> Does the shape make it taste different? I don't know. If you make brownies as a brownie pan, or if you make brownies as cupcakes, certainly changes the taste. Yeah, yeah fair. <laughs> I'll tap him on the shoulder. Hello. Oh, um, are you part of a tour? No, we're engineers here. Uh, from Cultural Cultural this I'll just... serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> Murder um, all of them. Because uh, I'm pretty sure this is a restricted area. It's uh, it's triangle restriction. He points <laughs> yes. like a triangle sign on the wall that's like reflective. My God. <laughs> okay. Um, the tours on square is in square areas only. Yes. Uh, we're actually engineers from the Calto region. Oh, I have family in the Kalto region. You don't oh. see a lot of engineers from there. No, not a lot of us, but... I'm the first in my family. Oh, good for you, sweetie. <laughs> uh, I'll just start pulling out some plans and start showing him. Um, we have some plans oh, here oh, oh, man. that yeah. we've been working on for quite some time with some of the other engineers, and I believe we've figured out a way to stabilize the reactor better. More importantly, here's a proof that this reactor that... Shh. We have ways to stabilize the reactor better. Don't start telling them they're shitty people. That's a bad strategy. Nobody likes to hear that they're shitty. Hey, this this is not stable. (laughs) Bro. Bro. Uh, Yeah, okay. Let me, uh... uh, All right. Jan, come over here. Just, uh... Also Take over like... the maintenance cycle. We need to get that regulator down. We're going to have ourselves a problem. Let <laughs> take a look over here by my desk. Yeah, I'll start going over some notes with them. Does it also increase uh, productivity? It probably will. I mean, if it's stable, it's <laughs> going to yeah. explode. Yeah, the biggest thing is it doesn't explode. But well, yeah, stabilizing but if you tell it, it would. Also makes yeah, yeah. It, yeah. yeah. As you can see, it's up productivity it. 12%. It's not bad. These proofs wrap out. Yeah. I don't understand. What's this part here about antimatter matter injection stabilizers? What kind of element would we have to use for that? I'll just start flipping through some of the pages and be like, oh, you just use this. And you see it connects to the thing here. And 
it stabilizes to this port. Science yeah, but you'd only technology. use that if you're using the, the vacuum of space, right? Uh, Seems it, like it's... I think that's some cow-toe wishful thinking there. You know, this, these are superfluous modifications. It might increase efficiency on paper, but in production it would set us back like three months just to retrofit. We'd lose the bonus from doing so over the course of its life. Mm, but if you did these retrofits, the lifespan of this plant would triple. I mean, this plant is designed to last like two, three generations. So it lasts six generations or nine generations. Mm. And the later generations get a larger output. Plus, if you start, and I'll tweak it a little bit, be like, I think you can local alderman would like that. Tweak it up to the you know thirty percent extra efficiency, or say? even forty. I don't know if a local alderman would go about that. The governor has been uh, being chastised <laughs> a lot for the cost of keeping maintenance, for the cost of the downtimes. Yes, but if you showed these plans to the governor, it might quell. Who, who whipped this up? A number of the guys out in Canto, Calto. Canto, <laughs> <laughs> um, the Canto University of the Canto yeah. province. Yes, of course. Um, and if you show this to the governor, it might quell some of the protesters and their worrying about safety concerns. Yeah. So it oh, might those kill... people are a bunch of you know flat worlders. They don't know anything. Exactly. So if you can stop them, shut them up by showing them these plans, uh, you know. Yeah, you know, that unrest. doesn't sound half bad, you know, put a feather in my cap. Yeah, you'd look pretty good as the guy who started the new new technology. No, that's perfect. The governor's going to be coming back here in like a week or so. I'll just pass this on to him. I got a whole presentation set up. This is why I was thinking this wasn't a good idea. Yeah. It doesn't give us what we need fast enough. I know, but it's... Mm. He's like rolling the papers up and putting it in like a mail tube. I'll just put that on my desk. So, should we just examine this, tell them, hey, this is like, something's going wrong here? Like, oh, I see a problem here. <laughs> They're a glider, not tweak properly. Are you mocking my speech impairment? <laughs> I have a film on speech impairment. <laughs> I mean, you're probably decent science, so go for it. Fight him! Fight him for America! Science one! Oh. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh... Command. I'll just look. I'll be like, well, well, some of these retrofits will take like months, so you know. Best case scenario, we can have it started, get it all approved. It'll be great. Mm. Yeah. Am I sensing anything from this motherfucker? Can I he's lazy. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's oh. fine. Like, there's nothing to sense. He he agrees. Okay. I need to hurry this. Engineer Renix, what do you say, think about these readings here? Hmm. I think something's a little oh, bit... Oh, those are pretty normal. It's from black box level, it's fine. It seems a little high, don't you think? I mean, I mean, as you can see from the plans here, if we can get the readings down no, to this... It's... I mean, this is exactly what some of our papers were talking about. Uh, this starts looking inconspicuously small levels, but then you get some harmonics uh, oscillations oh, going through. Oh, yes, that's yes, of course, of course. And... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The harmonics would go out of sync. It would cause a destabilization in the containment ring, causing a warp core breach. Yeah. Oh. Which, I mean, if that went... Cat 
Does the word catatonic? No. <laughs> it translates. Cata- when he said the word warp core, Cata- it didn't translate from his language. It was yeah. uh, it translated from a different language. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. you could pick up in the universal translator. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like it's not from his dialect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The word he said. No, is the word I'm looking for catatonic? Yeah. Yeah. Catastrophic. So it's like that thing that they never really explained in the show where like Worf will say something in Klingon and we translate it. When he said warp core, it was from a language that the translator didn't translate. Yeah. I'll be like, well, if these if those readings continue, it could cause a catastrophic malfunction and a failure that I mean let me run oh, some notes. Oh, I'll just oh. pull out a pen and paper and just be like, like you take out like a pencil and like a like a protractor that's like like, I mean, we're looking at entire world ending. I think, okay, you seem like that's you're a little, that's a little bit That's a little that, bit That might be a little ball. bit high, but, I mean, we still have you know, any, any kind of failure on this would be, uh, would be at least yeah, this city. It would look bad on the governor's side if he didn't do it. And it'd look bad on the plant manager who was Yeah, a failure of this time will be contained by, uh, by the safeguards and the failsafe system. Yeah. The superstructure will just seal up to enclose it and reflect it back into uh, Black Level. They'll soak it up. Yeah, but I mean... We've had a couple of these before, actually. About two harvests ago. Plant manager on staff would look pretty bad. Uh, I was in charge of both of those. (laughs) So So you want to be on charge on the third? Could we... I mean, that's just what happens when you use matter-antimatter engines, you know? The tremors are fine. It just passes. All the you know conduits have been reinforced, and the foundations have been fixed up. The whole dome will just reflect it back down into black hole. So yeah, but can we use? God damn! Reason? I am not used to not having like mind control or something. <laughs> <laughs> like just fucking swords each out, just like bitch. I mean, this punching. Uh, yeah, can I use reason, <laughs> science, science with geology and physics? physics? Geology for, because he's saying the earth is going to, and you know, the reaction is, it's stable. He's saying that the system's built to contain breaches like this yeah. and reflect them into a safe zone. Yeah. I'll so I think you'll use physics to prove that, yeah. oh, this thing will work yeah. and prove to him that, oh, the safeties aren't good Rolling enough. Rolling reason. At, at the end of this scene, you're going to lose a die from your pool. Yeah, game. so I should spend a dice and get a third one. Okay. Every scene you, you bleed one from. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, know. Um, and, and then we'll like, use the other one for something. I don't think I can, like, scene. neither one of us has enough science to help oh. you. I can only be advising you. Like, oh. I'm really persuasive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I guess you can. Yeah, so yeah, I guess you can try using persuading to yeah, convince him. Yeah, like, listen him to him. He's, he's doing really good. Yeah, this like, is our top scientist, you know, he yeah. knows this stuff. And Two, 17, 17. So, so the two is a double success. And re-roll one from and my advising. re-roll one from your advising. 12, so that is a success. So four so successes. Four successes. Okay, you're able to get two over. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Oh my God, young engineers. All right, why don't we just head down, we'll just head down to um, circle level and uh, see what block containment's up to. Okay. Uh, we need to spend one of those before it bleeds. No, and... no, no, no. It's oh. like, it's not that it be basically at the end of the scene, you remove one from the pool. So it's not that, oh, this is an old one. Oh, I see. Basically. Yeah. But we should use one to extra convince him. Mm-hmm. Well, right? we get two over you... what we needed. Yes, yeah, so that's why you're yeah, going to get off his fat ass. Yeah. Yes, yes. 
So, no, okay. I think it's all convinced. It's basically now we bleed I one and then we'll have two for the black Next. box. People. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, yeah. so we bleed one. Yeah. And we go downstairs. And anyway, he picks up a phone. Oh, okay. It's like, yeah, no, it's me. Yeah, I got those Kalto engineers here. I know, right? No, they're, they're, they're great. Yeah, oh, oh. Right, they got, yeah, you gotta see, the, the black level needs to be taken a look at. You know, we have to head down to circle level. Oh, I'm chief engineer. I probably have. Yeah, they'll have to come down too, yeah. No, here, let me. He like grabs one of the, the scrap paper and kind of feeds it into like a fax machine built into his console. No, take take a look at these, these schematics I'm saying. Yeah, I know it reflects it, but you know, what if the foundation's cracked? <coughs> I know that's not possible, but what if it did? Uh-huh. I just Yeah, okay, no. No, thank you. Yeah, okay. <coughs> yeah, alright, let's head down. Okay, thank you. Alright. Let's go down. <clears throat> he, uh, he leads oh. you over to like an elevator and there's like big bulky suits. Yeah, putting those on. Definitely putting okay, those on. Okay, so have you guys uh, done matter, antimatter uh, containment courses? Yes. 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 Alright, perfect. So, standard procedure applies, you know, put the suit on, you keep your lights off, and you don't make any sudden movements, right? Of course. Sure. Perfect. Antimatter doesn't like it if you make a lot of movement. <laughs> yep. Why are we walking into a bunch of antimatter right now? Uh, oh no. Tread lightly. Elevator shaft down. Welcome. His suit is noticeably bulkier. Forgiving. <laughs> it's, it's generous. Extra padding. Oh. Oh. <clears throat> Excuse me. He like clicks into your columns. Okay. It's been a real hassle doing all any of this work with those damn protesters around. Uh, as I say, that if we can get um, this fixed, hopefully we can get them out of here. I mean, tell us about it. He gave me, they gave us uh, those yeah. bruises. They're violent people. Violent conspiracy people. Yeah. No. The sooner we can shut them up and put them away somewhere, the better. <laughs> Man, you're feisty. I mean... Thing. About 30 levels, the elevator goes down before, like, he has to, like, scan an ID card <coughs> and stuff. And, like, there's, like, an actual, like, laser grid that goes down to scan you. Uh-huh. Oh, dang. Then there's, like, a decontamination area, and it opens up. It's noticeably darker on this level. Like, there aren't, there, there's, like, red, orange emergency lights. Uh-huh. And there's, like, a hum in the background and, like, a, like, a, almost like a tumbler kind of sound. Like, like a washing machine going around off a kilter. Oh, okay. Okay, no sudden movements, no heroics. Okay. Yep. Go on, this is really bad because both of us have science one, and I have engineering one. I don't know what his engineering no, yeah. is. <laughs> we're science one, therefore this is standard things for us. We're Starfleet officers that have this training. Fair. And this is technology from what two hundred years ago for us. Yeah. That's actually a fair point. So it's like, yeah, we got the bioworks. The uh, the corner down here is a different architecture from the rest of the stuff up top side. Uh, smoother, more rounded lines. Uh, piping, kind of rubbery feels to everything. It looks like there's a lot of tubing and venting down here. Mm. The the ground itself, you're walking on this middle grain, it has kind of a soft give to it, like it's made of like a strong polymer. Hmm. Okay, we move slowly. slowly. I know it's circle Gen. level, or yeah, circle level. We call it black level for obvious reasons. The, 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 they say that the type of material the level's made of is called like a vanta. It absorbs mm. all ambient light. 
Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know what they'll cook up next. You want to say photons exciting the antimatter? Yeah, anything. Spare energy signatures, radios that haven't been hardened like ours, um, any sort of like diagnostic tools, microscopes, could set the whole thing off. I guess subtle now. Ours is. Turn off, right? Yeah, yeah. Subtly. <laughs> oh, oh, subtly what? No. You're in a suit. Yeah, we're, no, we're, ours is probably. Get your ours is oh, no. off enough. Ours is hard. We've got a phaser. Yeah. Everyone brought yeah. a phaser and a tricorder and a com badge. Yeah, It'd be a real dick move if someone tried to call you through the rift. Let's <laughs> we'll uh, put our arms inside the suit, turn that shit off. That's not how that works. It's not how those suits work. They're strapped to you and stuff. It's a safety uh, suit. El Chicote, he killed us. <laughs> she always like, no, I'll be the main character. <laughs> now Chicote is captain. Now Senpai will notice me. Senpai being the sweet release of death. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a there's a series of low ramps you kind of have to walk down, and then some ladders before you get to the bottom level. And uh, th those cores, you can kind of see the bottoms of them plugging into a larger matrix. It looks like a smaller version of the dome down here that it plugs into the top two. It's like a hexagonal dome uh, that's made of that same kind of transparent aluminum, and parts of it have been painted matte with that Vanta black color. Look up Vanta black, listeners. Vanta black, it's a type of paint. Um, who here has high science or high engineering? Duck guy. Okay, you recognize this because you've taken uh, exotic engineering courses in Starfleet. That is a warp singularity engine. Oh no. It creates a small black hole to power its engines. The Romulans use this technology. I thought fucking so. I thought this bitch was saying alien shit, right? Yeah. Thought uh, so. So that Romulus got here first? No, it's no, Peter. Okay. Come on. You're killing me. Oh, so I would know about this and I'd know how yeah. to solve it. And of course, you could sense four. By solve it, I mean shut it down and make something that's not going to kill them all. Yeah. But still convince them it's basically the same thing. Yeah, so this is part of the original superstructure of the plant back when they had version 1 down here. And then we built these support rods to help power up the uh, the system. You know, basic history, right? But yeah. it, it's great because I was actually here as a boy when they were originally putting the first rods in. My dad used to work here. Mm. Wow. He died of unrelated illnesses. He got like a thing in his lungs and bones. It's, he had a, you know, it's a family thing. But, uh... Did we take this older version into account oh, in our calculations, or is that changing? Yeah, this, this was none change. of this was on your records. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think this no, might change. This, our this might change calculations. Theoretically, this would dump energy yeah. into the singularity, <laughs> throw it away. Uh, yeah, just make this black hole side bigger. That's fine. Yeah, no. I mean, if you screw the Earth, so it will be a black hole like a centimeter big. So there's plenty of space. There's a large neon orange line on the floor that's on the Vanta Black that has like lights lit up on it that kind of strobe. It's like, <laughs> oh, oh, okay, here we are. So we have to get down to check the foundation structure. So you like tap something on his suit. All right, clock is synced. Okay. All right, perfect. And then you all go in together. You're like, yeah, we got to make sure that we sync our time back up when we head back out. We're going to experience time dilation. It's what happens when you work with the power generator. Shit. So Go yeah. faster or slower? Yeah. Well, slower. Time's being dragged into the engine because it's consuming so much material. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Nice, 
Yeah, we need to get this done again. Look, it's another black hole, just like last episode. Where do we have our spare ship? Neelix? <laughs> Throw Neelix in! <laughs> but this fun guy, obviously he's combustible. Okay, Neelix, is, Neelix and this fat guy are about the same body type. I mean, if hmm. we sacrifice and there's, a, there's a hole in the engine shaped like a fat guy. Plug <laughs> in. If we sacrifice Neelix to the black hole, maybe it will appease it. It hits critical mass. Uh, okay, yeah, no, we'll... Okay. Alright, so he just starts kind of with his tools. He starts, like, taking panels off and checking. Yeah, he's just like, alright, and he's talking to you about it and stuff. Oh, I'll do your yeah. science, man. You know, I've access Start to Start running, tools. yeah, no, I'm gonna be like... There's obvious problems here. I'm just gonna start. Once you get past the, the time dilation line and you guys start pulling panels and getting deeper in, the actual core looks alien. Oh. Oh. Like, it doesn't look like a It looks like it's an actual ship engine. Oh. Hmm. Is it our ship engine? No. Okay, good. Is it, <laughs> do I, I wouldn't know what. It looks alien. Yeah. It looks like it's from a warp capable civilization, and it looks old, and it looks kind of damaged. Oh, mm, so it's they... been patched up. Ah. Hmm. Okay, so as I understand, that engine has a black hole. It's damaged, mm. and then there's antimatter elsewhere that they use to stabilize can use, it. Can I use physics to see how it's working? If I can shut it down from in here, <laughs> you can shut down the warp cores, the the, the matter antimatter, t you know tunnels that they built to, to keep this thing stable and balanced. Yeah. Uh, but the, the actual singularity is a singularity. So I can't close the singularity. You need to fix it up, I guess. But if we use any of our hard technology, it would probably set off the antimatter. Is that what I understand? Could. It could yeah. do that. Uh, can I, if we disconnect the antimatter, then we can fix the singularity. Right? It's possible. Okay, so I'm going to... You're going to have to think of a Trek solution for this, because those warp cores are keeping it stable. Trek solution? Let me pull, pull up my phaser. <laughs> Shoot the Assimilate this. <laughs> it's like, oh, if he I, gave himself a stroke. But I deconnect everything from this, that'll buy us time... Well, not much time, probably. Or it could cost you a critical in about 35 hours. Yeah. Um... Okay. If I disconnect this, then we at least can do this without the dark or antimatter, right? So, and then that will get him to be all like, oh, it's disconnected. And if my character is like, oh no, I don't know, like it was, must have malfunctioned. It me obviously, and my stupid Calto brain. Or no, it, like, you know, <laughs> making sure he doesn't know it's me who just disconnected it. But like, so yeah, like if we, if we like, yeah. if we sabotage <clears throat> this shit, it's alien. Are they not yeah. going to know how to turn it back on? Well, they might try to turn it back on. If it's and then that was, yeah. No, but, but welcome I'm to the time travel scenario. I'm saying if we... If we shut it down... And then... In 36 the hours, hole. there'll be Voyager here. So we need to at least delay it long enough for Voyager to get here, and then... No, in 36 hours, you guys will arrive in your shuttle pods. Yeah. Yes, but if the thing gets delayed enough... You'd have to delay it a couple days before voyage because your shuttlecraft would have to arrive, see the planet here, maybe if this is how time travel works, detect that you're on the planet, and yeah. then call for Voyager. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we but no, I'm saying if we 
stop it, and then we close the singularity. If you close then, the singularity, you would then neutralize. they can't reopen the singularity. Yeah, but yeah, that's fine. Because then, you, if the warp core is like critical, at the worst, it would strip this planet of an atmosphere. Yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't cause that giant super explosion. If you shut down the singularity, though, it wouldn't just crack the solar system. Yeah. So we need to disconnect it without him noticing, and then shut the singularity down. And if he notices, he notices. If he doesn't, he doesn't. But we need to. Yeah, we need to disconnect this without him noticing that we disconnected it and then shut down the singular. I guess we could try talking him around something like, oh, that the two of us could be like, hey, let's focus on this, whatever, like, you know, between the command. It looks like something here is over here. It looks like keep him distracted. Keep him yeah. distracted while this guy goes okay. around. And I'll use one of these. Oh, well, first let's oh. figure out what's going on. So, okay. Um, how would we distract him? I guess it's pretty big that, you know, it's not just like a oh, small box that it's we're all working on. No. Yeah. It's a bigger stuff. This is like the inside of the ship that a Stromo finds. <coughs> so yeah. pretty, pretty big. Pretty big, but instead of a space jockey corpse in the middle, is a giant scary cage with a black hole in it. Okay. Yeah. The black hole is smaller than the tip of your pinky. That's good. It's a giant black neon glow ball. It's all like, whoa. Well, you know, the smaller the black hole, the more it can radiate. Therefore, technically, if you release it, it might just evaporate. But, eh, might. Well, might not. <laughs> we just have a black hole here in the system. Oh, well. <laughs> not our problem. Yep. Well, it isn't our problem <clears throat> because we're just here. That was also what they thought Tunguska did, is there was a little micro black hole hitting our atmosphere. Good thing it exploded. Right? Hey, sometimes shit like that just happens. Yeah. Space is so big, it's a miracle that even happened. Yeah. Okay. You so. guys are quiet. I thought you'd be more excited to see the main reactor. Yeah, I mean, very... this... Something. You get the three of your guys just staring, sharing looks, <laughs> looking at this, the, the, the scope of how fucked I, I, I look at you guys and kind of be like, distract him. Well, this that is... clear panic you can sense from me. So... Did you guys build this? this does it look like uh, Markov tech, Markov province technology? Oh yeah, no, totally. This is this is uh, you know, government design. It was an ex-military project that you know was declassified and uh, was converted into an infinite energy source. You know that's why Markov is such an advancement on uh, you know all the other provinces. I don't know what the fuck they do to the aliens. I mean, they might have just found. I mean, there's like consoles and stuff covered up with modern tech that are clearly like access consoles and stuff in different languages that universal translator is translating. Wait, can we just turn it off with the consoles? Then? I mean, you can manipulate it with the consoles. Huh. Yeah. Can I unhook, using the consoles, using science, using yeah. my knowledge, I'm going yeah, to disconnect easy. You just this. start disconnecting yeah. stuff and kind of pull yeah, a screen just, over. Yeah. It's saying in a scrambled language, uh, warning, warp core breach imminent, uh, diagnostic systems offline, containment offline, supplementary systems offline, data logs fractured, gonna, Def main deflector array is cracked. I'm going to try and turn online the warp core containment <laughs> as I'm unplugging everything. Uh, the panel is showing you that there is a line underneath this thing that leads to a data core that's still intact doing uh, like uh, BIOS management. 
Okay, I'm gonna start moving panels to go. Oh, careful there, little buddy. You don't want to hit. The closer down you get, the more the time dilation will kick in. Here, he like from his back uh, unspools a cord and kind of clicks to your suit. Take this time cord. Thank you. How does that work? Oh, well, if it too long goes by, I'll reel him in. Ah. Oh, perfect. Thank you. I'll just start. It's going. been treated with some of the material from the core so that it, uh, it it doesn't quite feel the effect, so I can pull him in quickly. Ah. I'm going to start going down. There's like lights and stuff in the core, like like oh, little like blinking God. lights. <laughs> so, walk us through uh, what are you doing here? Or oh, I'm removing the stabilizing ring. You know, it looks perfectly fine, but you guys got me thinking maybe I should take it out and put in a spare. You know, there's going to be a couple seconds where I'm going to have to move pretty quick, but that'll be fine. Let me just... Where do I put it? Hmm. Let's help you. Hey. Yep. You guy. Um, I'm going to need a Type-J connector, and I'm going to need a uh, KC-class fastener. They're over there on the panel. Okay. Can I, like, look at him and... Look at his mind? Like, when he's reaching over something, sense what this guy's thinking when he's reaching over it. To see, like, if he's reaching for the right one. I mean, I've got science one, so... He's asking you for specific tools. I mean, like, saying, I need a Phillips screwdriver, and you have no idea what a Phillips screwdriver is. What shape is a Phillips screwdriver, Peter? Plus. Robson. That's a square one? (laughs) Allen. Oh, okay. You're only you you know what an Allen's shape like. You're only saying that because you want it to end. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know we don't have such proper names within Polish, whatever. It's like oh, we just like, oh, that you know. How many gills to a liter? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about nine. We looked it up last time. <laughs> Thanks, Chad. <laughs> uh. Yes, Nicole. You could roll. The roll. Uh, well, what, what do you got for skills? I, I'm asked for a lot of rolls, but this is this is getting serious. Insights plus yeah. probably command or medicine is psychology. I don't know if that. Medicine, goes. sure. You justified with medicine. Okay. You're gonna use your empathy and psychology to send the right extra wounds. dice because we're probably uh, going into another scene. I have sense and... motive. I don't know. No, it's, it's not sense motive. No. no. <laughs> I don't know. It might be not a bad idea to gain the extra dice. I'm just oh, saying. Oh, oh, I. Uh, what do you think? Go for it, Nicole. Oh, okay. You might need the dice. Three successes. Holy shit! Oh, yeah. Never mind. Um, it was difficulty two, so you get one extra momentum. Doo-doo. And you're able to guide uh, yourself and your superior officer through getting the right tools. <laughs> so yeah, you get the tools, and he starts kind of walking you through it. Yep. You know, it's like, okay, we're going to have to replace this containment collar. we got to be careful, though. This thing is very delicate. Okay. Oh, my God. Meanwhile, I'm pretty fit. you've descended down deeper into the depths of the ship. And, yeah, the superstructure down here looks a lot more starshipy. You can actually tell there's composite <clears throat> materials and metals and deck plating still attached to the engine oh, wow. from the original structure. Okay. Um, I see a command panel probably or something, or yeah, at the base of the Singularity engine there. So it looks like a cracked, uh, like like display console. Okay, I'm gonna start trying to fix it or fiddle with it so that I can stabilize the Singularity enough that unplugging this, stabilize, close Singularity, shut everything down, get the heck out of here. 
Alright, um... That's the end goal. You're able to ascertain that the singularity has been growing wildly unstable despite and because of all the modifications they've been making uh, to this thing. Uh, the ship crashed here like a few centuries ago and they dug it up oh, wow. recently-ish and started fucking with it, or fudging with it. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, the main problem is is that the warp cores are keeping it stable. The the matter-antimatter rods they've basically built are, are stabilizing the field enough. Uh, because to, to stabilize the singularity so it doesn't grow out of control requires a containment field. And the anti-matter-antimatter rods are actually providing the power to stabilize it. Which in turn is allowing them to tap into the singularity to power their cities. Can I up the rods drawing power from the city to... Instead of just containing it, fully close it? Fully closing it would require inserting exotic particles into the singularity to try and seal it. Would I have such particles from my phaser or my... A phaser is an emitter of particles. Yes. <laughs> so if I... From my the hole in the ground where I'm at, can I shoot up? You have to go into the... Uh... I'd have to go into it? Yeah. So I'd well, be able to set it up here, go up... And then just hit it, bit, like time it the right way. Like it, it wouldn't be a phaser. You'd probably have to build something custom <clears throat> for it. But mm -hmm. you might have the tools around you in this area. Uh, what would really solve this is a deflector dish, like like from one of the shuttle craft or from uh, Voyager. It would be able to yeah. emit the particles that surge to seal this right up. Yeah, I think. Well, that's a, the it, the issue I have is if we go, we won't be able to get from the shuttle craft. So closing this sooner is in our best interest. So can I try and build something down here? You'd have to get out of your suit. What's the radiation level? Yeah, using my like science we, okay. knowledge. Yeah. We live in the future where I can just give you a pill and it'll make all your radiation. I know that's, that's what I was gonna say. Using yeah. science and knowledge. Do I know right. how safe it is to get out well, of this There is a famous story about going uh, bearskin into a matter-antimatter reactor. It happened to uh, Ambassador Spock uh, oh, no. the original Enterprise. Um, they were attacked by eugenic uh, marauders from the past, were led by Khan and Singh. <clears throat> he, to save the ship from detonating, went into the reactor and with his own two hands put stuff back together and sealed up breaches. Uh, and this super killed him. Okay, so getting out of the suit is not a good idea. No, this place is flooded with this nonsense. <laughs> and they have to get out of the suit to do, to build something. All your tools are in your suit. Oh, yeah. Phaser, your tricorder. A little bit of edge. exposure, take everything out. Yeah, um, what's back up? I think a lethal dose is rated in milliseconds. Okay. Um. Yeah, we could just try going back, run out where it's safe, take everything out, run back with it in this. Yeah, no, that's not gonna. Because the more we do of in and out, the longer kind of you stuff, stay here, and the longer we stay here, the more chances are you're gonna be discovered. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we got to do something now. Is there anything I can see or do that would? I mean, we're on a spaceship, so I suppose there will be some shielding somewhere. So if you go go like you know, out of this hole, maybe behind yeah, some true. thicker shielding, take his stuff yeah. out so he won't die of the exposure. This place is like a wreck. It crashed here and almost went, and almost went critical. 
all yeah, the shit. Yeah, like twisted metal and stuff that's been permeated with this stuff for decades. Okay. There might be some parts that, like, similar to my phase or similar to the uh, yeah, we could try salvaging something thing from and like just stuff in the ship that I can salvage and scrap together without using my own phaser. So Can't you just like call us? Like, aren't we in a less irradiated area? Oh, you're right by the engine. Oh, you guys I thought, are I thought he was more in. He went deeper in. You guys are all in a bad place okay. to have your suit open yeah. up. Yeah. Um, you're a, you're a Klingon. You should probably survive that shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you guys are secondary characters. Yeah. Um, with some harm and numerous poisons would be deadly for yeah, many other species. Redound down internal organs. Oh no, my liver died. Good thing Look, I didn't Look, he's a Klingon. He can probably <coughs> survive. Especially if it's just for a minute to take out his stuff. Like, I suppose. It'll be a few days before Voyager gets here, but like, we have stuff on the ship, presumably. I've got stress 17. I can take it. Plus, I've got, ooh, uh, tough. We're gonna avoid an injury by spending one momentum. Not quite an injury, but yeah. Best course of action, kind of. Well, injuries are not all. Ask like using one of these, like using insight and science. Can I figure out using a momentum what the best course of action would be, or what? You have a bunch of solutions ahead of you that could probably work. You just have to kind of figure out which one, which consequences you're willing to take. If you start ripping parts out of this ship, you might start setting it, or you might have to dig deeper to try and find a thing. Yeah. I think that's our best bet though right now. Is you guys okay with that? I guess, yeah. Okay. We should probably like yeah. I'm gonna start scrounging for parts. Scrounging for parts and ripping things out of this ship to build a phaser of sorts that can deflect particles into this. Or some to way shut to it down. seal it up, seal up the breaches or something. Yeah. Okay, uh let's pause. Alright, so what in what's your character's name again? Uh Rinix. Rinix. What Rinix ends up doing, Ensign Rinix, is you worm your suit you spend two momentum to create an advantage. Yeah. An advantage you create is you're able to worm out your uh, your gear, your tricorder, comm badge, and phaser. Yeah. And you worm it out of your suit, open it up temporarily, seal it up, giving yourself minimal lethal radiation exposure. Perfect. From matter antimatter reactions. And Perfect. all the exotic particles that black holes suck you up. <laughs> oh god. Okay, so now using that, I'm going to fashion some kind of device together. Some kind of. <laughs> some oh, some sort of thingamadoodle. All right, so you start ripping open your phaser and your tricorder and your comm badge. Uh, and just plugging things in. To create an exotic particle generator. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right, uh, that is going to be a roll. Okay. Difficulty is going to be here. Let me pause and we figure that out. All right, we're back. So we just read the definition of what we thought it was going to be like insight or science, but I realized this role would have been daring and engineering, just out of gut. And then we looked up the definition of a daring engineering role, which is to make improvised repairs to a device in an adverse situation or to improvise a technical solution to a problem by using technology in an unusual, innovative, or reckless manner, which... We Every just, single point. To the yeah. point. We just realized, listeners, that we literally just recreated the end of the episode where Janeway shoots the problem with a gun. <laughs> You're building a gun to shoot the problem. We didn't even intend to do that. I am Janeway. <laughs> All right, okay. so you're doing that, so you're going to do your roll. 
and there's going to be complications these two have to deal with while you're okay. bashing together an anti-black hole gun. One. Okay, so I have success. three successes. That will be enough. Yep. Oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. So yeah, you're just taking stuff apart, oh. psst, 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 putting your combats together. That's awesome. Me- like side characters. Meanwhile, topside, uh, you guys are helping him. It's like, all right, looks like that's about ready to go. Oh, whoa, we left the kid down there. Oh, that's fine. It's fine. Oh, He's whoa, smart. whoa, kid, are you okay? Yeah. They can't hear me because of the time rope. Because <laughs> of the time rule. We should reel him in. If we replace this when he's down there, he could be exposed to lethal amounts of radiation. No, no. It's... You're, you have all the pieces there. You're putting it all together. You'd just be yanked away from it all. <laughs> just give him another minute. Oh, that's... Oh, no, we have to put this in. Remember I said once we started the work, we had to complete it. Say, I'm pretty sure he said he'd tug on the rope when he's done or something. Yeah, but let us know when he's done. No, but there's a time dilation. Yeah, but... But the time rope's not effective. His reactions are. But then he's... It's still when he's ready, though. No, I was going to pull him up when it was too long, or when he was ready. Yeah, exactly, and this is how he's going to let us know he's ready. Yeah, but but we're done now, and we're we're running out of time on this. We have to flush the area, which means he can't be down there. Remember when I said we started, we had a time frame? (laughs) <laughs> With time Triggle. dilation, isn't he down there for less time? So he needs more time? So it's okay for him to be... <laughs> yeah. Cling on, fall No punch. sudden movements and stuff, oh, shit, right? right? Are you going to punch him in the back of the head? No, we're going to sleep no. hold him. Cling on, <laughs> what is it, the Vulcan death grip? None of us are Vulcan. Use the Klingon on death grip. You just grab a gun and shoot him. <laughs> 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 the Klingon death grip is amazing. Are you are you gonna sleeper hold this guy? Um, There's a different way to do it. Like if we can just persuade him to stop. He's going to hit the real button because he has very little time to replace this part. I guess I'll step on the time rope, prevent him, and. What well, what are you doing? Your foot's on the time rope. Oh, is that bad? Yeah, we gotta we gotta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that bad? <laughs> He's like hitting the button. It's like starting to reel under your foot. Okay, yeah, I guess I'll just have to... Wait, trip trip that so you punch the reel. Alright, let me just untangle this. Oh, you're fucking mimicking his accent. (laughs) You're a monster, Peter. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm pretending that I'm tripping over the thing and just... A shepherd punch? Yeah, with a mean right hook, which is my talent. You're not even going to roll for Mr. Plinkett here. You crack him one in the face mask and he goes down. Oh my god, we were trying to break like, the reel. Suck and then not him. You suck him onto the stomach. Like, and then, oh, I thought we were no, trying you, to... You want, you want to hit him in the face so it knocks him out. I okay. thought we were trying to break the reel so yeah, we can Yeah, now he can. In. But if he just punches the reel, then he doesn't have Mr. to... Mr. Plinkett's knocked out. Okay, fine. KO. <laughs> oh. Oh. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Oops. Said the Klingon. So finally, I punched someone. <laughs> finally, I got to punch someone. That wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't myself. <laughs> You're like growling at your fist. Never touch me again. <laughs> You're just like, I won two fights today. So you, uh, you stop his reel? Yeah, I stopped the reel. All right, as you were working, you were feeling a bit of a jerking motion. Oh, God. Yeah, the... Then it stopped. Duck, duck. Oh. Okay. 
almost about to disconnect it. Oh my god, that's so dangerous. You would have been pulled before you could have reacted. It would have happened super fast. I know. Whiplash. Oh. You're like, great. All of your bones. <laughs> you would have pulled your entire skeleton out. <laughs> All right, that happens. <laughs> Cuts to the wall covered in intern bones. <laughs> All right. God. Okay, nothing exploded yet. So I think we're good. Titanic bucket. Okay, eventually, but you start hearing calm chatter come from his suit because he hasn't checked in in a little while. Probably like oh. 20 minutes go by. He crawls out of the time hole. So, I mean, he crawls out of the, the basement <laughs> with a gun. Oh, it's made so, out of garbage. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are we supposed to not do that? No, I've devised a device called a gun. <laughs> To shoot. It's a brand new invention. I've never heard of it before. <laughs> it's a rich character, gun. don't steal. <laughs> <laughs> to shoot new particles into the singularity to shut the to close it. Okay. Alright, let's let's do it. We had to knock out uh I never got his name. The chief. The chief, chief engineer. engineer. Okay, oh. so I'll start shooting. You're in a few minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do it quickly. Oh, okay, you need to shut down the warp reactors. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, alarms start going off. <laughs> That's fine. angry alarms. That's and you fine. hear security uh, stuff going on. Oh, there are a few floors up. It's going to take a while. Oh, they're coming. You're under arrest. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, we're Crime doing... is illegal, fucko. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, so you guys. Oh, and you've got more time because you're in the singularity yeah. bounds. Yeah. All right, so you make your way deeper in through the, the hexagonal sphere cage. And yeah. You can see, like, light and stuff being pulled inward away from you. Like, your face and stuff's all extended because of how light and vision works. And the midter, there, there's, like, this little thing you can't describe with your two-dimensional eyes. Yeah. Two-dimensional eyes. And eye. you shoot it with the gun you made. You do. The big threat was you being jerked away from it by uh, the chief. Yeah. So that was the... Who makes that well Star Trek Files was the answer. <laughs> Star Trek phaser sound, and the singularity uh, seals itself. Well done, team. Yes. Let's, uh... Also, time's synced back up, then. Wow! Oh. I'm gonna throw... Okay, let's pull back the... I'm gonna, like, break the gun apart and... No, now you have a gun! Oh, boy! Uh... Yeah, no, I want to try and get out of this without the material. They just enough. swell up like a balloon when you shoot <laughs> them, and when they look under the suit, it's all bones. Okay, so... <laughs> like a pufferfish made of human skeletons. Smash so, it up. The singularity is all... No, put it in your pocket. Alright. So the singularity... No, because they're going to search us. It's all sealed up. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's still radiation because it was exposed everywhere, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, everywhere. Um... Whatever the guy was working on, we don't need to put that in anymore because we've solved the singularity problem. Yeah, and you shut down the warp reactors. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I guess we can... So emergency safeguards go into place to like ascend them up and like shut them down one at a time. There's like people running all over the place. So yeah, I guess we can just tell, hey, the engineer got knocked out. Yeah, he... And we were in a part and... of the critical mission here fixing this problem. And that's what happened. And now we can, I guess, pick him up and, and carry gonna, him out. We're going to rescue him. Guards come down, c 
confirming that there were no engineers being sent from Kalto province because the governor was informed oh, yeah. and 20 minutes went by. We were part of the protesting terrorists, assholes! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they point actual gun. They, no, not guns. No, the cut. The you can't shoot here. us in here, bitch! <laughs> okay. So instead, they take out their stun batons, their six sticks. <laughs> Don't stick stick. <laughs> electricity is up. It's not electricity. It's a sick stick. It's exactly what you think it might be. It's sick, yo. <laughs> it touches you in the. They're devil sticks. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to get hit by They're a sick totally stick? Sick, resisting? Nope. Nope. No. Do you resist, Klingon? No. Well, I guess since everybody else is going down, then no, I don't resist. Okay, because 13 guys are going to start hitting you with six sticks, which make you instantly vomit. Oh, no. In your suit. Oh, no. That would have been awful. Oh, no. It would be awful for them. <laughs> like, oh, oh, it's all squishy on I the inside. I am punching. I'm punching everything. You're throwing people around. Dude, if I hit someone, I do... Oh no, yeah, I think it's bloodbath. So like, oh, injured, injured, You're a Klingon warrior. It would be a horrifying bloodbath, the likes of which this planet has never seen. (laughs) It was like, they just murdered them in the engine room. Okay, so... It was like wrestling, but real. We're being arrested now? Yes, don't stop resisting. (laughs) Yeah. Who taught you how to hit? You should hit harder, see? The vital organs. (laughs) Also, once you're out of the deadly gas room, you're totally vulnerable to being, you know, worked over. Oh my. And we totally got phasers. (laughs) All three of us. Two of us. You just set a wide beam stun. Yeah, that's true. Is that that how that's going to go down? And then we're going to run away. We don't don't want to be arrested, right? Yeah. The elevator's going up past the containment area, and, like, Worf is all, like, and, like, flexes out of his suit with his... And grabs his phaser and starts phasing people. Do we want to do that? Yeah, that seems like the most... Because now he looks like a Hulk. Being arrested might be okay, because then you just beam us out after we get up. Yeah, but we might be tried and murdered. How much time did it go... I don't know if they have the death penalty. How much time did it go through... Uh, is our shuttle about to come here? Oh, dude, you solved this mission in like four hours. Yeah, no, we, we <laughs> want to just hide <laughs> out in a dumpster in... somewhere. Oh, yeah, so I guess we'll just have to. But doing a bunch of survive for next day and a bit. Because doing a bunch of violence makes the um, protesters look like violent, crazy assholes. Oh no. Which is bad. But the prime directive, we need to protect it. So... Exactly, shooting all these bitches isn't a good idea. If no, we just get arrested, it's fine. Just why beam stun? And then yeah, just why beam stun If we stun them, they'll be, oh no, we got knocked out. Yeah. If they grab our stuff, like, oh, what the fuck then is this? Then they'll be this? able to fiddle Fair. with it. Plus they I'm can... going to tell my grandkids about this and fuck up the future. Plus they can look at you guys without your prosthetics. And oh, your prosthetics know. are flimsy, man. A medical inspection of any kind, they'll figure out the yeah. aliens. Yeah, these yeah. are not... Sesca and then they're going to go Roswell on you. Yeah, these are not Seska levels of, uh, you know, genetic manipulation. Yeah, this is reverse makeup. Yeah. Okay, so I guess knock them out. So after you get through the containment area, the wharf... Flexes out of his containment suit because you're super stronger than they expected because you're Klingon. You grab your gun and you stun them all with one shot. Yep. yep. And then and one of you takes your gun and blows a hole through every wall. And you no, leave. No. We put on the security gear, maybe, and go out as security, taking all the papers we can so that we don't leave traces behind. I mean, 
No, we want to leave them those notes so they don't pull themselves up. Well, they I can't mean, do anything now that the singularity's gone anyway. I mean, no. We'll I'll leave them a few. Yeah, there's pain. no matter antimatter reactions. They now. can't turn it back on. No, it's gone. No, oh, sweet. Uh, no, but yeah. we didn't expect that to be there. So I think the papers will be provided. Like here, here is how to make a safe matter antimatter reaction with containment. Therefore, it's uh, yeah. They'll, they'll need to go to space for that. Oh, okay. yeah. actual people. Yeah. Oh, well, they're still gonna blow themselves the shit up then if they're gonna keep using this bullshit, right? No, the Phoenix was able to be built on Earth, but they had to use pretty exotic parts. All it's not important. Yeah. The All worst case scenario. Captain's gonna be here okay. soon. The worst case scenario, they blow up their own atmosphere off, but they won't destroy the whole solar system. Yeah. Success. I'll, I might leave them like one or two papers if I want I think like, when the Voyager gets here, that'll be a more. You, this is so above. Fair enough. Yeah. You guys phase your way out of this building. Yeah. And run to the hills. <laughs> the hillbillies. Yep. They're not going to be able to track you if you, like, whip up technology to mask your signals. Yep. Helicopters oh. coming overboard. Tricorder, like e ECM jamming. Dumb. Yeah. Or something. You live like wild people in the woods for, uh, Survival. for a day and a half. This feels yeah. like vacation. <laughs> this is well, like nothing after, you know, I've survived worse than this. After the battle of we're, just, we're just camping. Like, yeah. we're, we're just camping for a day. It's not like it's we're not in like, a volcanic area. You want to be constantly moving. No, but it'd be like... It's not that. We're like camping. Yeah. We're like the BC force. We're fine. Yeah. <laughs> we're the aliens going for safari. Yeah, we have phasers. We have like all sorts of things. We're, we have a Klingon warrior. I'm pretty sure we're going to have food. That has survival. <laughs> right? Anyway, approximately 35 hours from when the session started, your comm badge. Yes, this is Lieutenant Commander Tanax. This is Ch this is Commander Chakotay. We detected your signal on the planet. Oh yeah, there is a time. There was a time rift here. We had to go back to prevent a, a cataclysmic event. Singularity. Warp core explosion, was it? Yes. Yes. I've got uh, Renix and what's your character's name? Tarilla Kadar. And Tarilla Kadar with me. And they right. Let me roll up onto your signal and we'll beam you aboard. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you're on the shuttlecraft. There's another shuttlecraft in front of you that vanishes. Or doesn't? I don't know. I don't know how this no. works. I don't think you were with him. I think you guys just weren't around. Like, like he was suddenly. In, they were all suddenly in the shuttlecraft or something. <laughs> or maybe time synced up and they were on the planet landed, or they went into orbit afterwards. It's impossible to say. I think he lands. I think Chakotay lands. We leave. Then, like immediately, he no. senses our signals over there, and he's no, no. like. But the thing is, Voyager goes to the system. Voyager's not here yet. No, well, okay, the shuttle goes into the solar system, and they already detect that we're, who have been there for a day. Oh, also, the planet's not dead, so yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. So you guys went into warp on a shuttlecraft to this planet, yeah. and Chakotay followed behind, and when he got there, your shuttlecraft was nowhere to be found because it's on Voyager, because it never left. And you're on no, the planet. No, 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 sh our shuttlecraft still came, it's just during warp, the three of us disappeared mid-warp because we were sent back in time to go become on this planet. Unless we but were the shuttlecraft, so, though. 
the shuttlecraft is just there. It just came out of the other, by, by one of the other the people. Who just, so they were probably freaking out because yeah, they were probably freaking out. Were they in notice? Yeah, were they in notice yet? Because it just happened. It's not yeah. important how the time travel part rectifies itself. What's important is there aren't doubles of you. There are not doubles of us. That's yeah. And they're not going to cause what we call time cancer. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> that didn't happen. It's a thing. So History. you're not catching time cancer. History abhors paradox. Uh, so Chikoti beams you aboard. It's like, you're going to have a hell of a report to give us, Lieutenant. Yes, but, you know, this was also approved by you. As I pull up the uh, recording of the report. Mr. Chikoti. Yep. Yeah, hell of a report to give. Definitely. <laughs> um, well, Mr. Enix, I think you were the one explaining everything. Oh yeah, there's... Yes, uh, this planet is not warp capable, but has been dealing with matter-antimatter technology. They discovered a crashed warp capable spaceship and they've been mucking with it. And that in the Alternative has had destroyed this uh, solar system. But thanks to Renex over here, we managed to prevent the disaster before it even happened. And yeah. There's still a sealed warp core that we'll need to extract, which probably we'll be able to use for some other fuel. Yes, this planet should have. Protecting high matters of matter-antimatter material, exotic particles. Yes, we can. And yeah, there's a exotic debris not matching the tech level scattered across this uh, province here. Yeah. Yeah. So we can beam up as much of that as we can and use it to help fix Voyager. Excellent work, crew. And it shouldn't disturb their society, keeping the Prime Directive. Yes. Well, it looks like the Prime Directive's already been violated. Their entire culture's course has been changed by the introduction of well, capable technology. Yes. They've altered their entire yeah. infrastructure around it. True. We'll alert the captain and have them reach out to them. Perhaps we can provide them a better solution. Safer solution. Solar technology, renewable resources. Yes. It looks like they don't have any satellites in orbit. No. Yes. Bang up job. We'll bring this up to the captain and I'm sure he'll be pleased. Perfect. Good. Oh, a hell of a first mission. Yeah. Let's have the our chief scientist look at your results. I bet he'll be pleased with that as well. Yes. Uh, I, for one, can't wait to get out and explore the solar system after we make contact. Check into why all these planets are like this. Wait, the planets are so fucked? Yeah, they're still apart. messed up? Yeah, blown apart. Shouldn't they have fixed themselves with time? That's assuming that it was the explosion that did it. Oh no. Dun, dun, dun. Pan over to the exploded solar system planets from millions of years ago. Da 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 da. Star Trek. No, the Star Trek Voyager ending. Okay, tone because thing. that was the Flintstones you were starting to sing. Da da da. Yeah, the camera camera pans away from the shuttlecraft as it flies towards away from the planet. Uh, the other two shuttlecraft in tow are beaming Part stuff up, yeah. and uh, you know the you know produced by Rick Berman and Brendan Braga, sponsored by nobody. Yeah. So that was the episode. Um, what do you guys think? It was, it was good. good. We had a decent solution to it. Yeah, that was a pretty good workaround. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We didn't get to explore the combat, unfortunately, yet. No, you didn't get to. You didn't get to fight every day. Next episode's the Vidians, though. Well, shit. 
Yeah, they're gonna steal Neelix's lungs. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah, that'll be a fight. Right? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Uh, this episode was one of those... Originally, this episode was one of those atrocious Prime Directive is a God episodes that is sickening. Yep. So, listeners, originally, if you were to watch this episode, I don't know why you would. Um, they find the planets blown up, they get sent back in time, and Tom and Janeway are back in time. And Tom's like, we should tell these people that they're going to be fucking extincted, uh, like, tomorrow. And Janeway's like, you'll do no such thing. The Prime Directive says that we can't interfere with a non cable society. And Tom's like, well, what does it matter? They're going to be dead anyway. And she's like, you don't know what would happen. It might be nature's will that they all die. <laughs> because this is late TNG era where the Prime Directive is treated as a deity or a nature goddess. And the excuse to these situations is always, you never know what could happen. Don't vaccinate your kids because they could grow up to be Hitler. You don't know. Don't donate blood because your blood could be what starts uh, the 12 Monkeys Plague with Bruce Willis. You don't know. Don't leave your house uh, because you get hit by a car and you getting hit by a car will make your family sad. You don't know. You just don't know what the consequences. Well, Alternatively, and to quote SF Debris, you could save these people and they live a happy, pleasant life not being exterminated. Well, that's one of the problems. The other one is, you know, the police have my own bootstrap paradox, where the oh, two yeah, characters yeah. Get, oh, yeah, yeah. going into the past causes the explosion, which they solve on the first go around themselves. So therefore, they didn't cause the explosion in the first yeah, place. The explosion was caused by Janeway shooting a gun at the problem. Uh, ironically enough, and it. It's, she's like, this is what causes the explosion. Also, Voyager is involved, too. No, it, and she's like, this is what causes the catastrophe. I should stop. Right? No, it was caused by the crew opening up the, the space-time hole. To try and save And the space-time hole would have sliced through the matter-antimatter or whatever thing. So Janeway shoots it to prevent it from uh, going too far. Yeah, so they, they an explosion rocks this system. They go check it out. It's a dead world. Janeway and Paris, because there's time voles, go back in time 35 hours, and then they end up by, in the containment core, and the whole time Voyager's been trying to track them, so they've been sending signals into the past. And just when they're at the containment core of the, the, the Polaric energy plant, they open up a hole, and the hole just happens to be bisecting the engine, which would cause the explosion, which would have wiped out this planet. But Janeway stops it. Yes. On the first go-around. Yeah. Like, there's not a go-around where she fails. Yeah. Because it was the first time they were there. Yep. Whatever. The big draw for me was the bullshit Prime Directive is a god thing. The Prime Directive was made for two reasons. Uh, one, it's so that we can't be brutal British British Empire colonials going to cultures and telling them this is how they're going to be like and ruining their development. Yep. And two, it exists so we don't get interfere. We don't interfere in interpolitics stuff. So, then the interpolitics stuff is even if they're warp capable. Yeah. So, like, you know, saving people from being destroyed forever, you're supposed to do that. You're supposed to help fucking people from being destroyed forever by an accident. You know, they're in a Rwanda-style civil war. Little more complicated. Yeah. Little more dicey. Probably want to put more page count to that dilemma. Probably want to flesh that out into a good episode. Um... And that's, that's the thing. In later seasons of TNG, the fan base and a lot of the older writers started treating it as God. That, that Starfleet thoughtlessly 
unilaterally applied the Prime Directive to the letter of the law instead of the spirit. The spirit's just to stop you from ruining planets, not to, not to safeguard the galaxy from the will of nature being violated. You're part of nature. You're part of the galaxy. Obviously, if you're doing actions, that's part of the natural course of events. Because they'll, they'll, they'll bring up science and evolution and the natural course of events and all these things. And they're just other words for a higher being that's judging you based on your morals. And it's a very uncomfortable way for a science-based show to be written. It's a very lazy writing convention. And it makes the characters seem heartless and monstrous. Because just saying, you know, to a kid starving, oh, I can't feed him because you don't know what could happen. And the worst justification you ever get from people who are fans of the Prime Directive as a religious doctrine is they'll go, uh, the character has to live with the consequences of their actions. It's like, you know? but why would they live with the yeah. consequences of being an asshole? Like, why would they just do non-asshole things? You don't understand, you know, not vaccinating that, those children and they all die. They have to live on the inside with the pain of those kids dying for their, for their amazing Prime Directive religion. Mm-hmm. You know, See? that's their martyrs now. It turns, them, it turns acts of callousness and coward, cowardliness into acts of martyrdom for the main characters. That's irritating. Yeah, it's, it comes up every time. Anytime you bring up these kind of Prime Directives actions, the responses you get are, well, if I was in their situation, I would have done the same thing. Even when it was pointless. Like, so you're, you're a monster? You... It's people not thinking through the entire situation. Like, there's a good example in TNG Season 1 with um, uh, Pen Pals. So, Pen Pals is, there is a planet that's super backwards. They don't even have Taco Bell, okay? They're really, pr- <laughs> they're, they're primitive. Okay, and, and there's a little girl on the planet in terrible makeup who has a radio. And she's just talking on a ham radio, right? And Data, on the Enterprise... With his super ship that probably does have Taco Bell, uh, probably has all sorts of bells you can't even imagine. Uh, he's been talking with her because he didn't reveal that he was an alien. He was just pen palling with her, shooting the shit, learning about her, learning about anthropology and culture stuff, whatever. And he's like, it's not really a violation of the Prime Directive. It has nothing to do with the Prime Directive. I'm not changing their culture. I'm just learning. Unless there are other radio dishes on the planet tracking that this is coming from outer space. Way too primitive. And Data in the episode, I think, says that he set up various failbacks so it's untraceable. Yeah. Like he hacked into their network or something. Like I don't remember Pen Pals. Oh, I haven't seen it in that much of a while, but, but that's what happens. And then as his conversations with the little girl go on, she's more and more scared because something awful is happening. I think the planet's shaking itself apart. Yeah, it's just a bunch of earthquakes. and Earthquakes, yeah. The, the tremors. And then it's going to be a volcano ash nightmare world, right? Yeah. So Picard brings it, so Data brings it up to Picard. He's like, hey, Captain, this entire world full of people I care about, even though I don't have emotions, is going to be horrifically destroyed in the worst way possible, burned alive while choking on their own ash. It's a bad way to die. And we could totally fix it. And, um, and Picard's like, what? <laughs> You've been talking to a little girl on a pre-war planet? And it's like, oh, well, the letter of the Prime Director. He's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so they go to the ready room, and it, it's divided among the characters going to be divided. Data is pro-stopping super murder. Beverly is pro-stopping, or it might even be classic, I don't remember. The doctor, the, the, the do-no-harm person, is pro-stopping super murder. And I don't know, Picard's against it. Probably Riker or Worf, you know, whoever. They're like, you don't know what will happen. Yeah. And it's like, they could fix the problem basically without being seen. 
And it's like, we can't just screw with their development. Nature might have a plan. And then Picard says it, and he thinks about it, and he goes back and forth, and he really hammers in the issue. And he's like, laying the dice wrong, we should fix it. And then uh, his friend, Data's friend's gonna die, and he ends up beaming her up to the ship, and like, gain her treatment on the Enterprise, and they have to, they have to use fucking mind-wiping drugs to make her forget about everything. <laughs> and, and Picard's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Data? But yeah, an entire planet was gonna be wiped out by a horror show, and even though Picard at first is like, we cannot interfere, he thinks about it, and eventually his conscience wins over, and he stops it from happening. Because he's not a complete psychopath? Yeah, he's not a coward hiding behind a, well, technically I wasn't allowed. Because yeah. that's not how Starfleet operates. Starfleet treats the Prime Directive as a guiding principle. We should not be British-style brutal colonialists. Yeah. And we should not pick a side in, two, in a species, you know, doing inter-religion like, stuff and cultural stuff. We even, can't pick even sides. not even within the same species, like they wouldn't interfere with Bajor being taken over by Cardassia. Because yeah, there's two civilizations. They're doing, doing their thing. thing. We're not allowed to interfere. And Bajor yeah. and Cardassia now they're more members of the Federation. And Bajor didn't join the Federation until way later in the show. So Did they're they like, eventually? eventually, 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 I think. But they're like, we can't interfere, and we'll provide aid and, and succor and help. But you're not a part of the Federation. There's nothing we can do. You're technically part of Cardassian Union. Because they conquered you. It's a sticky situation. We don't want to go to war over you. Which is what it kind of boiled down to. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to go to war it. over your concentration camp. <clears throat> so, uh, there's another episode. TOS uh, had a bunch of uh, Prime Directive violations. They, and, and a lot of them were Kirk kind of flying at the seat of his pants over it. Like, a lot of times he did the second part more than the first part. The first part is, you know, don't fudge with pre-warp. The second part is don't get interfered with internal politics. They, in, in one episode called The Taste of Armageddon, they fly into two societies. Oh, yeah, Taste of Armageddon, right? Two societies are at war, and they've been at war for hundreds of years, way longer than any war on our planet has been at war with. And the reason that their wars have been going on so long and the cities are perfect and pristine is because mm. they have two battle computers that run simulations, and whoever should have been killed in a simulated destruction goes to a suicide booth. But the buildings and the culture and the history don't get lost. And Kirk's like... That's a little insane. And Spock's like, I totally understand why you did this. I'm like, see, you agree. He's like, no, no, no. I understand why you did this. I do not agree. This is insane. And at the end of the day, Kirk ruins it. He fucking ruins all of it. And he's like, he interferes with their interplanetary war and picks a side and gets involved. And he's like, are you kidding me? You've been at war for like 300 years. And the only reason that this war's gone on for 300 years is because there's been no buildings that are being bombed. You're not losing museums. You're not having irradiated lands. Your atmosphere's not being burned. Maybe if that kind of horror actually happened to your planet, you'd find a way to get to peace. Because the war's been going on for 300 years, it's basically a backdrop. Your people just walk into suicide booths. You know, they, they finish off work one day, and for lunch the next day, they walk on in. <laughs> Maybe now that the machine's down and you have to do conventional war, you two will come to a peace accord and deal with this, because neither of you obviously wants bombs destroying your planet, you obviously don't want the war. 300 years is an insane time span for a war to go on. It's, it boggles the mind. Yeah. And there's Kirk interfering. Another time was someone left behind some Earth stuff on a planet, and because these people were basically uh, monkey see, monkey do people, <laughs> they all became gangsters, because it was a book about gangsters. So the whole planet became a gangster planet. Like, like, mobster, like, like, yeah, yeah, Tommy It's called, uh, The Big Score, I think? I don't know, probably. But, um, a piece of the action. 
And Kirk is all like, oh, the Prime Directive was violated here, and this pre-warp civilization was really messed up. They're a planet of mobsters now. So he basically beams down and tries to fix it as much as possible and take away like the stuff that was causing it. And in expanded material, um, DeForest Kelly Bones, he left behind a Starfleet like like training manual to be a good Starfleet officer oh in its my place. God. And when they came back there a couple generations later, they had a planet full of eager Starfleet cadets. Because those people were so mimicky. Pretty. Uh, that's the exact thing they don't want you to do with the Prime Directive. Yeah, but Bones didn't know right from wrong. He was drunk and suicidal most of the time. Ugh. So those are some really good Prime Directive episodes where yeah. the, the crux of the issue was there's a problem. They're like, we don't want to interfere more than we have to. They take a look at it. They look at the morality. Look at the human lives because these are human people. They're talking about. They're going to be hurt. Yeah. And then they do the most moral thing, and it's all like, oh, well, they could have chosen not to help the people in this episode, uh, time after time or whatever. Like they could choose just not to help them or not to help the people on Data's planet, and that's not interfering. It's like that is interfering. Your no. inaction is an action. Yeah, exactly. By choosing to do nothing, you still chose. You've chosen. So if you're going to choose, why not pick the like they're. There's this philosophy in the medical community. Uh, it has to do with do not resuscitate orders. All right, and this is relevant for people who care about the ethics of the Prime Directive. So the, the example, and it, it came up on Reddit recently, actually, now that I think about it. A man is critically injured and he's like, he's fading fast. And he has a tattoo on his chest that says, do not resuscitate. What do the paramedics who are out of the scene do? And the answer is, and this is always the answer for medicine, you do, you provide the help you can that leads to like the that, that leads to a resolution that is not irreversible. Okay, so they resuscitate because we can ask him later. Yeah. Or we can check the documentation, or he can sign a new do not resuscitate if he's really messed up. Back to a legal one. Yeah, like that's the thing. That could be a joke. It could be yeah. a hundred different things. It could be a murder thing. Well, like, you know, if... But in medicine, you take an action that can be revealed. If yeah. if you do, if you're not sure, you take the action that isn't permanent. Yep. As far as like someone being hurt goes, and yeah. I'm sure people will be like, but actually, and make a bunch of examples where that isn't the case or something. But really, this is a big problem with the Prime Directive. People try to go for the letter of a phrase instead of the spirit of the phrase. Yeah. And that's the thing with Prime Directive rulings is people going for the spirit is the intent of the Prime Directive. You know, you you want to make sure these people's cultures aren't ruined. You don't you don't have the right to go yeah. to Bajor and undo their religion. But if they need help, you want to help them, and you want to find the middle ground. And that might involve and, being like... You know, if this culture that we just visited ends up making stable um, antimatter technology, like, can you imagine how useful that is? If they can they go to the stars. stabilize it and do it properly, there, well, then they go to... Well, like, oh, you know, one nation will have an advantage, they might use it for whatever well, no but then they might yeah. they can trade and they can expand and they can yeah like whereas we don't know we we literally don't know if, if they'll come to peace or whatever if they're at war we don't yeah. know any of that but the culture is already contaminated so yeah presumably in the after effects of this episode you guys would show up and do the first contact thing because first contact has a lot of factors into it whether or not the people are ready yeah. and, and this is a big thing listeners when you talk about the prime directive and pre-warp species there's an entire field based around contacting pre-warp species when they're about to be warp-capable. Not after they do their first warp test, before. 
They check a variety of things. They check if, if they're at peace, if they've thrown off a bunch of like Iron Age style superstitions and cruelties, if they've you know become homogenous and aren't racist and sexist anymore, um, if they're actively trying to go to space but just don't have materials on their planet to build faster than light ships. Or, and this is a big one, if they're actively being like, we know you're out there aliens. We know you exist. We want to talk to you. We want to talk. We want to come out to the stars, but we can't get there. Please come talk to us. We know you're out there. Yeah. Like, they don't have more capabilities at all. But they've reached the stage yeah. where they're aware that they're in the greater galactic community. Or you do the, uh, what was it? South Park did a hilarious warp capability test. Oh, the, the, the space cache. Yeah, the space cache. Yeah, there's a bunch of things the Federation does to test for this. <clears throat> and the Federation does this for their planets because other empires don't. The Klingons and the Romans and the Cardassians, they don't do the first contact thing. They don't do the prime directive. They come in boots on the ground and they take and they change and they plunder. Yeah. It's just how they operate. And the Federation's like, we're not going to be like that just because it's a competition with us and the Ferengi. Any planet we're fine, we're going to make sure that they're ready for this. And if they're not ready, they might have like little outposts and stuff to keep other people from coming to pirate them. And this brings us to one of the worst prime directive episodes in Trek history. And it's a little episode called Dear Doctor. So this is Enterprise, ENT. And this was... One of your guys. Yeah, this is, this is Dr. Flock's your character's uh, race. And this episode is pretty uh, notorious because of how many people will throw themselves at defending the, the actions that happen in. So this is before the Prime Directive, and this is used as an excuse all the time. Oh, it's pre-Prime Directive, so they didn't know how to be decent people. No. Because decent people didn't exist before the Prime Directive happened. Of course not. So, Enterprise, the NX Enterprise, comes across a planet, and the planet isn't warp capable yet. It's been a while since I've seen this episode. I've been meaning to rewatch it because people talk about it all the time. The planet is not warp capable yet. They know aliens exist. They're looking for help. The help they need is the main species on the planet has a genetic disease. That's going to wipe them out in a few generations. Maybe a hundred years or something, right? They're going to go extinct. And they're like, yeah. oh, what? That's nonsense. And they're a peaceful people. They don't really have wars. And there's a second race on the planet called the Mensk. And the Mensk are basically their equivalent to the Neanderthals. And these people make peace with them. The, the Mensk are slower. They're not as developed, you know. And these people basically take care of them and provide them with ways to be okay. Like, they, they, they exist in a sort of harmony. Unlike us, we wiped out the Neanderthals. We took a goddamn cudgel to all their brains. So they're so harmonious, they ended up just not wiping out their own Neanderthals. They're like, we need help with this genetic disease. And the Mensk aren't affected by it. So Dr. Flox is like, oh, let me just check it out. And he's like, the Mensk and these people are incompatible with each other on a biological level. Like, they share nothing. They can't interbreed. The, none of their DNA or virology or genetic stuff matches the, the original species on the planets. And I have to break down how crazy this is for you guys, probably. There's an earlier episode of TNG where they reveal that every humanoid species in the galaxy is related to one species called the Precursors. And that's why species from across two different quadrants, the quadrants are the four galaxies, the Milky Way split yeah. the fours, Humans come from the Alpha, Klingons are in the Beta Quadrant. Humans and Klingons can interbreed. Quadrants apart. Yep. Planets apart. These two races can. On the same planet. 
they evolved together. Biology. Yeah, so it, it gets worse from there. They're basically well, saying one's a squirrel and one's a dolphin. Like, one, it, it's insane. One of them is subhuman. Yeah. One's a squirrel and the other is a silicon life form from beyond time and space. <laughs> Like, oh my god. One's a shape and the other's a four-course meal. Like, they're so different. So, Dr. Flox is like, I'm going to check to see if the immunity the men's have can be applied to these people. And it's like, are you kidding me? You just said that it was a genetic issue. The men's don't have an immunity to the genetic issue. Their immunity is they don't have it. You're not going to check the trees if they have an immunity to this issue. Or genetics. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get into the main issue. Okay. So these people, um, Dr. Phlox, like, I'm just going to skip around the episode. Dr. Phlox invents a cure for their problem. And Archer's like, okay, let's give it to them. And Phlox is like, we really shouldn't. And he's like, we shouldn't stop these people from being murdered? I'm intrigued, but tell me more. <laughs> Archer was a little crazy, like Janeway. So Phlox is like. captains are. Yeah, as all good captains are, he was a little crazy. So Phlox goes, if these people are wiped out, then the Mensk are on the cusp, he thinks, and he shows them science facts of, of a major evolution, and that they will become the dominant race. And Archer's like, that's not how evolution works, right? And he's like, oh yeah, totally. Uh, the, 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 the yeast people being there and coddling them is holding them back, evolutionary speaking, because evolution works like that. Evolution is determined by your environment. And he's like, that doesn't sound like science as we know it in 2005, but go on. That kind of is... You don't know that. Like it... Flux then says, uh, we shouldn't save these people dying of a genetic disease because they were destined to die out from this genetic disease. Okay, that's stupid. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's so bad. so so he pushes forward that the Mensk uh, are only affected by evolution by environment, and the original race that I can't remember are only affected by evolution by predestination, and that nature naturally wanted this race to evolve on this planet with a genetic issue so that they die and get wiped out. Nature has a plan, you see, because nature's intelligent, and nature has a will, and nature wants you to put money in a tray in a house with a man nailed to a tree. Nature is intelligent. Shut up. Nature locked out gods outside of the galaxy. Gods locked in the middle of the galaxy. Ah, close enough. So nature has a will, and she wants you to let these people die, Archer. Nature is saying this to you through your dog. Your dog is talking to you. So, so those people. So they just... They just let them die. And then Archer gives a speech about maybe one day there'll be a directive, a prime directive, that'll make it okay for this to have happened. But in the meantime, cover up the record to say there was nothing we could do. That's not what happens. He, oh, he makes a speech about how he was justified in doing this and how morality's hard. Oh, that's brutal. It is the most brutal episode of Trek in, uh, it's in the top five brutal episodes of Trek that were heartless for no reason. Up there with um, Riker gets god powers at one point, and a child dies in a mining accident, and he doesn't bring her back from the dead with his god powers, even though he clearly could, and Picard's like, it was right for you to let that child die. This is early Picard, so oh. it's not it's not the writer's fault. 
So this is the worst at in, in, in interpretation of the Prime Directive. It's a divine mandate handed down by God that can never be questioned. It's a rule that can't be questioned, which is the most pro-science thing you could ever think of, right? Religion, yeah. No. It's rules that can never be questioned. You have to obey the letter of it, not the spirit. And, and, and this comes up in the Voyager episode and in that Enterprise episode. Different interpretations of it are heretical. <laughs> Science damn you. Oh. And of course, the answer I always get about Dear Doctor is Archer has to live with the consequences of his actions now. It's a heavy weight to bear. That's a season one episode, I want to say. Yeah. Do you know how many other times that atrocity is mentioned in the show? None. Zero times. Yeah. It's never brought up again. And <laughs> when I bring this up, people are like, oh, well, you know, the show can't have continuity like that. You're asking too much of it. Let me bring you to another season one episode of a different show, DS9. There's an episode of DS9 where a fat... Um, I want to say Japanese baseball player from the past, uh, a bimbo version of one of the female leads, and Rumpelstiltskin appear on the station, and they're imaginary, and they're being created by people's imagination because they're space aliens. And they hang out with the main cast, and it's this fun little dumb episode. Okay. At the end of the episode, the baseball player, who is Cisco, the, the, the captain, the commander of Deep Space Nine, Cisco, he gives him a baseball signed by him that he made out of his magic energy. And he puts it on Cisco's desk. Season one. You want to know how much that baseball comes up? It comes up like every other episode. He's always handling it. It's a prop that's always used. The ba he loves baseball, and the baseball is a symbolism of him, like going back to like like a more kind of fun time in his life. He's super stoked about baseball, and that baseball is always on his desk. It's used as narrative framing devices, like when they abandon Deep Space Nine. Um, he leaves the base, he abandons Deep Space Nine. He has to leave and the Cardassians take over and the Cardassians are jacked through thugs. And the, the villain, Golden Cock, comes back and he goes to the desk and on the desk, everything else is gone. All the Federation tech's been ripped out of there. But Cisco leaves his baseball behind on the desk to let Golden Cock know he's coming back. It's used as a foreshadowing device. The baseball yeah. comes up more times and is more relevant to Cap Commander Cisco's character then Archer genociding an entire planet. But that's a hard decision for him to live with. Cisco is also seen, I think, handling the baseball a lot in, um, shit, what's it called? Um, in A Pale Moonlight, where he murders a dude. Him and Garrick, the Cardassian spy, murder a Romulan senator and false flag trick the Romulans into going to war with the, Cardass with the Cardassians and joining the Federation. Like they do this huge conspiracy and they do it like JFK style, they did a conspiracy. Dang. And like that weighs heavily on him and he has to live with the consequences of it. And the whole episode's framed around him talking about living with the consequences of doing something that he thinks is morally irreprehensible. He's like, this is wrong. I'm a bad person. And he's like, I can live with coming to terms with the fact that I'll never be able to think that I'm a good person again. I can move on from that because this is for something bigger. Yeah. That has more weight. Archer? That was just another day for Archer. <laughs> Fucking lord, man. The next episode is called A Night in Sick Bay. And his dog uh, pees on a tree and gets deathly ill. And he spends the whole episode screaming about how mad he is that this race let him beam down with his dog to a diplomatic mission and the dog got sick and they peed on their god tree. Archer cares more about his stupid dog than letting... And, and when I say he genocided the planet, I mean this thing where with taking an action we were talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah oh yeah. If you are confronted with a crisis, or a problem, or a situation, and you are, you are now part of it, if someone shows you an accident, if someone shows you someone bleeding out in the street, you are part of it. You're there. 
this is how morality works. And I beg people to read more about morality and ethics and stuff. <laughs> because people, a lot of people say, no, you're not. You can just walk by that person, bleed on the street, and it's not on you at all. You don't have to engage. Seawolf, <laughs> yes. Yes, Ian. <laughs> We're back to Ian. Yes. Aww. We're exalted. But if you see someone bleeding out in the street, and you choose to keep on walking, the key word there is you chose. Mm -hmm. The situation is there. You chose not to get involved and to leave it to fate, to leave it to someone else, to make it not your problem. When Archer and Phlox developed the cure and set up all the tech about it, and basically there might have been obstacles where they couldn't mass produce it or something, maybe, that's not important. The whole point about the episode is Archer and Phlox made a conscious choice to let them die. They had the means to save them, and they didn't. Let them die is a phrase that's infamous in Star Trek history. Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, which was the Berlin Wall going down in space. Um, it's basically Spock being like, Kirk, you and the crew have to come and help me negotiate peace with the Klingons after decades of war, after they killed your son, after discovery theoretically happens, and it's full of torturous and brutal shit. You have to lead the charge as captain of the Enterprise, the most famous anti-Klingon captain, to make peace with the Russians now that the walls come down. And Kirk's like, no, I don't trust them. They're they're horrible. And their moon had blown up and they basically they're tired. They were starving, much like Russia yeah. was after the cool blah blah. And and Spock's like, Jim, they're dying. And Kirk just grits his teeth and goes, Let them die. And then you get this look on his face, like he realizes he's a he's he's old. It's not that he's a monster, it's not that he's a bad guy. He gets this look on his face that he's an old bigot. And he's like, I'm, I'm too old to be a starship captain. And the whole movie is him proving that peace and, and unity and change and the new generation can make the world a better place despite people like Kirk and the other conspirators who are planning to overthrow the peace talks. Let them die, which is what yep, no, Archer and Flux did they're like not our problem in the future the prime directive will be here to justify our actions and mobs of people will be like oh it was a hard choice and it's like if you're afraid of making hard choices it goes back to the whole thing you know we don't know what can happen if you leave your house well yeah if if it's like oh he had a hard decision to make it's like then he should have stayed on earth uh then the vulcans were right in the first season of enterprise and earth was not ready to have a Warp 5 ship, the Enterprise was not ready to leave their solar system. They were not ready to go into larger parts of the galaxy. If literally every time something like this comes up, it's all like, oh, it's okay that he did something awful because it was hard. It's like, yeah, making the wrong choice isn't okay because it's hard. That's insane. Oh, yeah, definitely. So this episode, listeners, if you can tell from the extent <laughs> from which we've talked on a whole hour, basically, past Jeez. the end is the Prime Directive episode. This, this is kind of what it's like. The Prime Directive is not God. It's not a rule you can't question. It's not dogma. Questioning it is not heresy. It has always been a guideline for the Federation to have a conscience and accountability. And Prime Directive violations happen all the time. Uh, there's an episode of TNG called The Drumhead, where Kirk is put on trial because they're doing this paranoid conspiracy um, homeland security thing decades before 9-11 even happened. They do everything about 9-11 decades before it happens with the Society of Fear. And when they're trying to discredit Picard as a bad captain, they're like, and we haven't seen all these, you have 18 prime directive violations on file that were submitted to Starfleet. Yeah. And Picard's like, Starfleet was okay with them. Mm -hmm. Because Starfleet's just okay with prime directive violations. Yeah, the whole point is you do, you, 
as long as you fill is, out the paperwork. Yeah, and the you whole do it. point is for it to make you stop and think before you do something. And then you just write it up in your daily logs and they review your shit. And if they have a problem with it, they'll tell you. But most times they don't. They they understand. Space is complicated. Space yeah. is big. And you're a captain for a reason. You're a captain because you've shown. Starfleet is really hard to get into, listeners. To be a Starfleet officer, like to be like someone with an ensign pip and above, like just watch TNG. The Academy for Wesley was brutal. He didn't get in the first time. Um, the tests involve life or death situations. It's a grueling thing with a high dropout rate just to get officers. And then if you're an officer, you're on a ship with like a thousand or eight hundred people. You have to work your way up with outstanding excellence above that excellence. You have to be the best and keep going above being the best to reach captain. And once you're a captain, they're like, you have so much exposure to weird shit and thinking on your feet and creative solutions and morality and the Starfleet ideal that we give you the autonomy to decide what the prime directive is or isn't. It's your choice. Every captain decides what the prime directive is and just let us know and we'll review it. And if you're going way out of line, we'll let you know. Because the prime directive is super important. It's like, they call it General Order 1 or something. And they're like... Yeah, captains get autonomy over that. Captains have to make those calls because they're hard decisions. And the whole point of the Prime Directive is that it's a hard decision where the most people come out of it okay. You're trying to help people. Yeah. Not to, not to say, <clears throat> oh yeah, it was really rough that their planet was dying, but I didn't want to be responsible if they turned out to be space Hitlers, so I let them die and my conscience was clear and I don't have to live with it. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's the opposite yeah. of what the Prime Directive is. It's not a it's not a literary device to allow characters to get off scot-free with atrocity. Yeah. Which is why this episode, time and again, is such a stickler in Voyager. Because it's one of many times Janeway will wring her hands about the Prime Directive. No fault to Kate Mulgrew. It's just the writers were inconsistent as shit. And they, were, they had bought into the Prime Directive as dogma. Where it's callous and cruel a lot of times. Yeah. This episode, as you say, in particular, because, I mean, the first thing out of her mind is she tells, uh, what's his name, to shut up. Nick. She tells Nick to shut up and not talk to these people, even though they're all gonna die. Yeah. uh, She's like, I'd rather all of them die. And us. And us. Than have them, you know, live. live. Like, that's... Well, what's crazy about that is Tom Paris is doing what Starfleet officers should do. We learned, oh my god, the lesson Tom Paris is 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 putting forward is something we learned in the episode with Nick Lacarno where Tom Paris was first introduced. Yeah. It's called the first duty. And the first duty of every Starfleet officer is to the truth. Historical truth, uh, guy, like uh, scientific truth, or personal truth. It's the guiding principle on which Starfleet is based. If you can't stand there and have enough courage to tell the truth, you don't deserve to wear a uniform. Tom Paris was being true to himself. He was questioning his morality. He was questioning everything. He was asking questions, hard questions, trying to figure out if saving these people was right or wrong, if letting these people die was the right thing. And he was arguing with his captain about it, which is the first thing Starfleet tells you to do. You're supposed to get in your captain's grill. It's not a military where you're made to be infantry grunts that are supposed to take orders or die. It's not that kind of organization. It's only a military that they have ranks. Starfleet encourages lower-ranked people to get up in their superiors' faces and let them know that what they think they're doing is morally wrong. They're expected, even if they've, you know, let their conscience be known and, you know, gotten into the argument to follow orders. 
Yeah. But Janeway doesn't even argue with him about whether or not it's okay to let an entire planet's worth of people be wiped out. She just tells them to shut up. Yeah, she, she doesn't... There isn't an answer. There isn't a callback to that that doesn't make her look like a bad character. So the writing just has her say, shut up, I'm in charge. Which was the answer to a lot of Janeway problems. Instead of letting the character have moral ambiguity or having crisis of conscience, they just had her kick into boss lady mode as an overcompensation message. It, uh, method. It was sad. It was a problem that Voyager has a lot of. Like, upcoming, she's going to make a deal about dealing with the Kazon, and then when the Borg are going to come up, she's going to do the exact opposite thing. And she's going to tear a strip out of her crew for wanting to do the opposite thing in both occasions. <laughs> and the whole script rewrites itself to make her right. Ugh. It's, like, Jamie's a fun character. Jamie's a greatly yeah. acted character. Cable crew blows it out of the water. But the writing makes her schizophrenic. And it, it it's... Fatigue from Berman and Braga, and it carries on to Enterprise, where you you, you can have the captain played by um, not Kevin Sorbo, the other dude from Quantum Leap. Ah, uh, yeah, Bakula. Scott Bakula. You could have Scott Bakula with a straight face be like, "Let them die," and the show's like, "You did the right thing." And you're like, "Ah," oh. and then people 10, 20 years later will be like, "Yeah, he did the right thing." And it's crazy. Yeah, it's just a writing problem. Um, yeah, that went a little longer, but I think we're good to wrap with on the next episode, and yeah. then we'll be wrapped up. Let me just... Yep. Next time on Star Trek Intergalactic The Phage, Neelix, everyone from every aspect of Trek's most favorite character forever, gets his lungs stolen through no fault of his own. Oh, really? And the crew desperately, every single 150 members of the Voyager, scramble to get them back because they love him so much and he deserves to live so much. Ethan Phillips plays the most beloved character in the entire human canon of culture, Neelix. On Star Trek Intergalactic, tune in next week. And... I was Devin, the GM. Nicole. Peter. Ian. And this is sponsored by Nobody. Signing off. <laughs>